0: Our lesson today is the seven trumpets of the book of Revelation. There are three groups of seven found in the book of Revelation. Seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven vials. These make up the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation. The seven seals are the long story ending at Armageddon. The seven trumpets are the shorter story also ending at Armageddon, and the seven vials are the real short story ending at Armageddon. Now we know the seven vials do not actually take place until after the mark of the beast is administered. We know this because when the first vial is unleashed, the Bible tells us very clearly that it will be unleashed upon the people that have taken the mark of the beast so from that we know that it will all be uh, enacted at the time of the very end now not only are there skeletal structures in the book of revelation of three sevens seven seals seven trumpets seven vials but in addition to that the book of revelation has what we call parenthetical chapters. This is sort of like color commentary. While we're telling the main overview, every once in a while, there's a chapter thrown in that will tell you, for example, uh, chapter number 12 of Revelation talks about a war in heaven when Satan is cast down and confined to the earth for the final three and one and a half years. Revelation number 13 gives us a view of the one world government and the Antichrist that heads that one world government of the uh, one world religion and the false prophet who will be the leader of that one world religion and also the mark of the beast the economic system of the end time one world governmental system. So that's when we understand the book of Revelation that really helps us to understand if we understand the skeletal structure of the three seven seven seals seven trumpets seven vials and then we also understand other chapters are thrown in in order to give us a fuller understanding of what this is really all about. Now we're focusing today On the seven trumpets, it begins in Revelation chapter number eight, verse number six. Listen to it. And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. Now, when we deal with these seven trumpets, we're not going to start from one through seven because the way God helped me to understand the seven trumpets, he first of all helped me to understand trumpet number three. And I feel like that if that's the way God helped me to understand, that's probably the best way for me to try to help you understand. So let's look at the third trumpet first. It's Revelation chapter 8, verse 10 through 11. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters, and the name of the star is called wormwood and the third part of the waters became wormwood and many men died because of the waters so don't forget wormwood and don't forget that many men died because of the waters now I'll never forget how this all came to me what happened was it was back in 1995 and I was working on the manual for our course called understanding the end time Uh, It was the first edition of that course. And I had heard a rumor that uh, Wormwood meant Chernobyl, that the word Chernobyl was the Russian word for Wormwood. But when you deal with Bible prophecy, you hear all kinds of theories. And I had learned not just to accept everything that came my way. I mean, I've got 75 antichrists in my filing cabinet right now. I mean, so many people, uh, you know, a lot of people contacted me and said, "Oh." Uh, I know Ronald Reagan is the Antichrist because his name is Ronald Wilson Reagan. Ronald has six letters Wilson has six letters. Reagan has six letters, therefore his name is six 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 and that 's the the name of the number of the name of the Antichrist. Well, uh, obviously he was not the Antichrist, but uh, I get all kinds of theories. so when I hear something uh, a possible explanation of one of the prophecies in the Bible, I listen but I just don't swallow it hook, line and sinker because I found out over time that that's not the best thing to do. So I was working on my manual for the first understanding end time production and everything was flowing that day. I was sitting there, I was typing and everything was really going great and you know when writers are writing uh, sometimes it flows and sometimes it doesn't well this particular day it was flowing my door was shut to my office i was all alone i was excited i was behind on my deadlines but i was catching up and so i was really feeling good and as i was writing nothing about wormwood nothing about chernobyl nothing about the third trumpet it was like something spoke to me I i thought it was god actually it just spoke to me and said uh, you know that that uh, rumor you heard about Wormwood being Chernobyl. I want you to check that out and I remember thinking in my mind now i 'm all by myself in my office. I remember thinking in my mind, uh, wait a minute i 'm busy i 'm doing good. everything is flowing i don 't want to stop and do that right now, and furthermore, you know three weeks at the library trying to dig out this piece of information. I just don't have time for it right now. I have to get this manual finished. And it's like, it's like God spoke to me and said, it won't take you any time. Just pick up the phone, call the library. They'll do the research for you. Well, as I thought about this, I, I was really a little bit frustrated, to tell you the truth. But since I thought it might be the voice of God, I thought, well, I probably should do this. So I opened the, the drawer to my desk. I pulled out the phone book and... Looked up the number, called the library, asked for the reference librarian, and I said, Ma'am, this is Pastor Irvin Baxter, and I've heard a rumor that the Russian word for wormwood is Chernobyl. Is there any way you could check that out for me and let me know if that's true or not? She said, Oh, it is true, because you see, the Russians used uh, wormwood for medicinal purposes. It turned their tongues black. And the Russian word for uh, black is Chernin. And consequently, they begin to call Wormwood Chernobyl. And she rattled off the awfulest bunch of information you've ever seen in your life. And so I was taken aback by this. I was not prepared for her to just answer me off the cuff like that. And I said, well, ma'am, I'm going to be writing an article about this. Could I get some uh, documentation, some books, some page numbers? She said, I'll call you back. She called me back 20 minutes later. She had the books. She had the page numbers. And I was really wowed by this time. One reference she had was the dictionary of the Russian language. And it had, as a definition, uh, Chernobylic. And it said, a variety of absinthe, uh, which was in parentheses, wormwood, with a red, brown, or deep purple stem. There it was in a Russian dictionary, and it referred to wormwood under the heading Chernobyl, Nick. Well, I was, I was really impressed. Well, actually, she talked to me in probably 10 minutes, and finally, it was time to go, and I thanked her very much. I said, but before I let you go, I have to know something. It's not normal that you would have known this off, all off the top of your head. How did you know all this? She said, oh, I'm working on my doctorate in Russian right now, and I've been studying these things. Well needless to say, I was in awe because I felt like God told me to call the library that they would do the research for me and in 30 minutes time or so I had the information I needed. Well what happened was From there on, I began to do more research. I found a book called The Truth About Chernobyl, and I read that book. It was written by one of the scientists that was there. It was very interesting. But let's take a look real quick at the actual nuclear power plant of Chernobyl. It's located in the Ukraine, actually. This was when the Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union, and the town where most of the workers lived was a town called Pripyat. There was about 40,000 people that lived there. Now, you're seeing a picture of the power plant before the explosion and what happened was when well let me let's see if I can go through this with you very carefully because it's important it was on April the 26th of 1986 at 1 a.m. in the morning a Russian scientist was in charge of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant at the time and he decided to conduct some experiments in order to do this particular experiment he had to disable some of the safety features but he thought it was okay and so uh, he did he disabled the safety fixtures then he gave the command to raise the rods which allowed the nuclear process to begin well he was watching his meters but it didn't catch it in time within about 30 seconds or so the uh, power plant began to overheat the reactor begin to overheat And suddenly there was this powerful explosion that took place and you're gonna actually see a part of the explosion. The first explosion knocked the concrete lid off of the power plant. The concrete lid weighed about two million pounds. It knocked it off the power plant, it came down cocked, and then the second explosion drove a nuclear cloud one mile into the air, and leaving the lid cocked, it left the atmosphere open to a full nuclear fire. Well, little did they know at the time that they had just witnessed the worst nuclear disaster in the history of the world. Before it was over with, there would be 10 times as much nuclear radiation released at Chernobyl as was released at the bombing of Hiroshima in World War II. Okay. Well, now, here's what happened next. The workers, they didn't know what was going on. They heard this big explosion. They ran down to the source of the sound. Uh, Two of the workers pulled the door open and found themselves staring full-faced into a nuclear fire. It was so incredibly hot when they opened that door that it thrust them back and they fell to the floor where they knew the coolest air would be and they laid there until the heat somewhat dissipated because now the lid is off of the uh the nuclear reactor and all the heat is going up they were finally able to get up and they made their way back down to the nurse's station. It was about a block they had to walk. By the time they arrived, their skin was hanging off of their arms in ribbons. Both of those uh, technicians died within a very short amount of time. Now that's not all that happened immediately because of the level of this emergency. Fire trucks came from everywhere. And when the fire trucks came, they fought this fire, many of them not realizing that they were actually signing their own death warrant by being there. They're they're fighting a full nuclear fire. There were fire trucks there, there were helicopters that came in, and you can see some of the monuments here built to the people who bravely fought that fire, even though many of them died within 30 days or so. And the ones who did survive uh, suffered all kinds of ramifications of their exposure to this high level of radiation. Well, as time went along, all of the equipment was brought in. The fire trucks that were brought in to fight the nuclear fire became so contaminated with radiation that they had to bring uh, bulldozers in and bury these fire trucks. And then the in the process, the bulldozers absorbed so much radiation that they had to bring in more bulldozers to bury the bulldozers. It was and a horrific thing and furthermore they're fighting the fire with helicopters and you can see some of the helicopters that are still in the area and they were dumping water onto the uh the chernobyl nuclear power plant in an attempt to put out the fire and you can see another picture here look at this it's a graveyard of radioactive vehicles and then at chernobyl it became a ghost town pripyat was the town of about 40,000 people where most of the workers lived well it's a no man's land today it has been declared off limits because no one can live there everything is contaminated the vegetation much of it does not grow there anymore and to live there would be to live at risk of your own life now the wild animals they come there uh, but that's about it now about this time Uh, I was writing an article on this subject, and I went to the library so I could have solitude, get away from my office, and the place I was going to write was behind the video desk. And as I went behind this video desk, uh, I passed the video clerk, and I said to him, just on a lark, do you have any videos about Chernobyl? Because I was still in the learning process. And he said, you know, I think I have one. He brought it to me. It was put out by the Humanities. And they had a machine there where I could look at it on the spot. And I was so curious about this because I was writing about it at the time. So I went over there and I pushed in the video and I began to watch. And it's amazing what I saw when I pushed in this video because right on the front came up Chernobyl, the bitter taste of wormwood. Now, this was not put out by a religious organization. It was not put out by a prophecy ministry. And yet here they somehow had associated Chernobyl with Wormwood. And the prophecy said that a star by the name of Wormwood was cast into the earth. Now, that's not all it said, because it had many other things to tell me in this video. The main message of this video was that the waters made the Chernobyl nuclear accident so deadly. Here's what happened. Let me see if I can tell you the story. When the nuclear cloud was driven one mile into the air, the winds caught the cloud, and they carried it, first of all, into Sweden, then into Italy, then into Germany, then into uh, Great Britain. And during this time, it rained incessantly. I do not know whether the nuclear explosion had anything to do with the rain or not, but it rained for about four or five days. The result was it brought all of the nuclide, cesium-1, 37 down to the earth and everywhere the rains hit it created what's called brownouts there's many places in europe where nothing will grow for 100 years furthermore the rivers filled up with this nuclide cesium-137 and anybody that drank this water they ingested this nuclide well what happens when cesium-137 is ingested it goes to your bone marrow And the interesting thing is it has a half-life of 30 years. Now, watch this. The rain came down, filled the waters of Europe, and it was radioactive. And everything it touched became radioactive. Uh, There were reindeer being raised for domestic consumption in Europe, about 100,000 of them. All of them had to be killed. And you can even see the workers as they were trying to control this unprecedented disaster. They actually had Geiger counters measuring the level of radioactivity. It goes way beyond the safe zone here. It was an accident that was unprecedented. There's never been anything like it in the history of the world. And so why should we be surprised that it's located in the prophecy of the Bible? Now, CZ 137 has a half-life of about 30 years. And many of the children especially were affected because they ingested this. And one of the things that CZ 137 does, it attacks your thyroid gland. And in the area of Pripyat, in that area around the Ukraine, the thyroid cancer is about 248 times the normal thyroid cancer rate. And many people are still suffering. Altogether, as a result of the Chernobyl nuclear accident of April the 26th of 1986, about 125,000 people have died Uh, The scientists and the doctors estimate that around 2 million people are infected. And eventually what happens is when cesium-137 lays in your bone marrow, it will eventually cause a person to have cancer. So it's very interesting to see what happens. Okay, so the third trumpet sounded on April 26th of 1986. This being true, when did the first trumpet sound? When did the second trumpet sound? Because obviously they would be before the third trumpet. And I asked myself that question. Well, let's look now at the sounding of the second trumpet. It's found in Revelation chapter number 8, verse 8 and 9. And the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. And when I went back to study after I felt like I understood the third trumpet, the Chernobyl nuclear accident, when I went back to study these others, I said, a third part of the ships were destroyed? That's never happened. I would surely know about that. And so I thought, well, maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm misunderstanding something here. However, about a year later, I was thinking about everything, and my mind went to World War II. Now, World War II is the greatest disaster the world has ever known. 52 million people died there. And I thought, I wonder how many ships participated in World War II and how many of them were sunk. So I asked my research assistant, Kathy, I said, Kathy, go to the library. See if you can find out how many ships participated in World War II and how many were sunk. She came back about three days later and she laid on my desk the statistics she had dug up and I looked at them and I looked at Kathy and I said, Kathy, I didn't intend for you to cook the books. I want the truth. Well, what she showed me was that there were 105,127 ships that participated in World War and 36,387 of them were sunk. Well, I quickly did the calculation. It's about one-third on the money. And I said, Kathy, are you sure? She said, the librarian helped me. This is the way it was. One-third of the ships were destroyed. Well, the rest of the prophecy says that there would be a great mountain burning with fire cast into the sea. I had seen pictures of nuclear explosions and they look like a huge mountain on fire and I thought why should it be incredible that the first nuclear bomb dropped on the human race should be in the book of Revelation and why should I think it's incredible that World War II the greatest war the world's ever known by far 52 million dead and that's when I realized that in this second trumpet prophecy I was seeing here the nuclear explosion at Hiroshima and Nagasaki and also one-third of the ships were destroyed. I became quickly convinced that the second trumpet was World War II. My next question then was, okay, well what's World War One then? So back to the Bible, Revelation 8 verse number seven, and the first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood and they were cast upon the earth and the third part of the trees was burnt up and all green grass was burned up. I thought, okay, if the second trumpet is World War II, the first trumpet, could it be World War I? Because up until the 20th century, we'd never had a war with one million fatalities. And World War I comes along, they called it the Great War, and there were 8.2 million dead. It was totally unprecedented. So could that possibly be the first trumpet? What does this mean? hail and fire mingled with blood and I thought about the new implements of warfare the bombs the huge guns and also it says all green grass was burned up and I thought I remembered in school studying about a thing called the scorched earth policy and what happened was most of the battle occurred in World War I between France and Germany and there was an area in there where the policy was, don't leave anything, burn everything up. That way, if you lose the territory, you leave no resources for the enemy to live off of the ground. So don't leave the crops, don't leave any green thing, and they called it the Scorched Earth Policy. Well, after I studied for a while, I came to the conclusion that the first trumpet was probably world war 1 of course that's when biological weapons were first used it was horrendous our men and the allied troops and the german troops all engaging in unprecedented warfare it was absolutely terrible what they went through as they fought this horrible battle uh, so when i looked at the prophecy and looked at what happened in world war 1 it made sense to me that world war 1 would be the sounding of the first trumpet. Okay, now let's summarize everything. Now let's look at it. So this is the overview of the first three trumpets. First trumpet, World War I, 8.2 million dead. Prior to this, there'd never been one war with one million dead. In 6,000 years of recorded human history, not one war with one million dead. All of a sudden we have this great war. 8.2 million dead. Then, second trumpet, World War II, 52 million dead, one-third of the ships destroyed, a great mountain burning with fire. Everything seemed to fit. And then, of course, the third trumpet, Chernobyl this is where God opened my understanding first I mean I had always been taught that all the trumpets would exist in a final seven year period but by that time God had changed my mind because I there's really no proof for that that's a theory that's embraced but it's not true so when I saw this third trumpet Chernobyl that happened on April the 26th of 1986 and the word Chernobyl Means wormwood. If you were reading a Ukrainian Bible, you would actually read a star by the name of Chernobyl was cast into the earth. I've actually had Ukrainian people come to me since I began to teach this and open their Bibles and say, look, right here it is. It says Chernobyl. Well, that's pretty astounding. So here we have the third trumpet and The Chernobyl accident was the world's worst nuclear accident, ten times as much radiation released at Chernobyl as was released at any other, uh, by Hiroshima or by Nagasaki. I'm taking a little bit of liberty here again in order to effectively communicate with you because the fifth trumpet helps us to understand the fourth trumpet. So we're going to go to the fifth trumpet first. The account is Revelation 9, verse 1 and 2. It states there, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now, I'll never forget way back in... Uh, 1990, 1991, Saddam Hussein who was of course the president of Iraq, he decided he wanted to invade Kuwait. He wanted to take control of the oil riches of Kuwait. Already, Iraq was very rich in oil but now then if he was able to take Kuwait he would be that much richer because he had dreams of rebuilding Babylon. He actually had launched an effort to rebuild the city of Babylon. He actually had pictures of himself taken. He had a uniform made to look like Nebuchadnezzar way back in the Old Testament in 586 BC when he destroyed Jerusalem. Saddam Hussein had dreams of destroying Jerusalem again and getting rid of the nation of Israel. So he actually had a uniform made for himself that looked like Nebuchadnezzar and he actually stood in a chariot and had his picture taken. So he thought that if he could take control of the oil riches of Kuwait, adding that to what he now controlled, that it would enable him to have power and he could become the premier power of the Middle East. So when he invaded Kuwait in the fall of 1990, when that happened, immediately President George Herbert Walker Bush, our president at the time, went to the United Nations, asked for a resolution against uh, Saddam Hussein. The UN passed the resolution and 29 member nations uh, devoted either troops or military supplies to the battle against Saddam Hussein. So the coalition forces, the world community, went against Saddam Hussein and they began to drive him back out of Kuwait. Now, Hussein thought he had a green light from the United States of America to take this action. Now then, he's very angry. So as he knows he's gonna be forced out of Kuwait, he cannot stand before the firepower of the United States of America and all of our allies. So he knows he's going to have to leave, but he's not going to go easy. He decides that he will set 700 of the world's richest oil wells ablaze. The oil wells of Kuwait are very productive. And so he decided to set 700 oil wells ablaze, and he did. Now, when they begin to burn, they actually blocked the sun and the sky for over three months. I want you to see, we have a clip from the video, The Fires of Kuwait, and I actually want you to take a look at some of this footage right now. Watch this. Now, you're looking at pictures in the daytime, but it looks like it's midnight. Notice that the firefighters are there. They brought firefighters from all over the world. The fires were so hot that they actually would reach 2,000 degrees, and it was very difficult for the firefighters to fight these fires, and they had to even spray water on their fire trucks continually to keep the metal of the fire trucks from melting. And so for three long months, these fires belched smoke, into the atmosphere. I have another shot here for you to see of uh, Kuwait at noontime. This is another picture. I think this appeared in one of the magazines, and you're seeing the sky and the sun was blocked out by reason of the smoke. Now, why is this so important? Because the prophecy says this, and I know of not one more incident in all human history that could fulfill This particular prophecy, the Bible specifically says that the sun and the sky were darkened by reason of the smoke that came out of the bottomless pit. Now, if the oil is coming out of the earth, then maybe that teaches us the bottomless pit is in the middle of the earth. Let's look at the rest of the passage. Revelation 9, verse 3, and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth And unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold. And their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women. And their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. Okay, what is John seeing here? Remember, this is 2,000 years ago. But he's seeing locusts with breastplates of iron, with faces of men. The sound of their wings was the sound of many chariots or many horses running to battle. What do you think John was seeing? Was he seeing helicopters? Was he seeing jet airplanes. All this is written in symbols. he had never seen a helicopter, he had never seen a jet airplane, had no clue what they were, but he said these are locusts and they got breastplates of iron, but they have the face of men and the sound of their wings is the sound of many chariots going to battle. Take a look here at what he may have seen in his vision. I don't know whether this is what he saw. This is one helicopter and how it appeared in one particular shot. Uh, Take a look at these helicopters. You know, when boys or, or boys or girls are in the service and they are pilots of helicopters, sometimes they paint up their helicopters to make them interesting. Look at this, mouth of lions. Uh, does this look like locust to you? I mean, you gotta admit, this look a lot like locust. And take a look at this next shot because here you see uh, helicopters, breastplates of iron, faces of men. It appears to me that that's what John was seeing, and he was talking about warfare in the 20th century. Now, that's not all the prophecy, however. Let's go a little further. In verse 11, it continues the prophecy, and it says, And they had a king over them, these warriors, these these armies, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Now, if you look up in a dictionary, it defines both the Hebrew Abaddon as the destroyer and the Greek Apollyon means the destroyer. Some translations in the Bible actually say they had a king over them named the destroyer. Now, way back in 1991, when all this was taking place, I was a subscriber to the German Tribune at the time, and I'll never forget receiving my German Tribune. It was the March 10th of 1991 edition and I was reading an article about Saddam Hussein and about all that was happening in the Gulf at the time and the the reporter called him Saddam quote the destroyer Hussein. I'd already been wondering about these fires and about um, you know the possibility of this prophecy and I knew that Abaddon and Apollyon meant the destroyer and here they called Saddam, Saddam the destroyer Hussein. Now I had reached no conclusions at the time but i was wondering i'll just confess to you okay well it's about a little while later uh actually quite a bit later six years later in 1997 i still was not certain about all this but i was a subscriber to the international edition of the jerusalem post at the time i was scheduled to preach out of town one evening and my wife was going to drive me and as we were getting ready to leave My Jerusalem Post had just arrived. She said to me, you want to take your post along? You might want to uh, read it on the way. And I said, well, sure, let's do that. So she's driving, and I'm sitting there reading the Jerusalem Post. And there was a particular story. It was a human interest story uh, back in the middle of the Jerusalem Post. And I was reading this story. It was about the last family out of Baghdad, the last Jewish family out of Baghdad. And the Jerusalem Post was doing an interview with this family that had just arrived in Jerusalem. But what I found so interesting was the lady relating the story was telling about how when Saddam's mother was pregnant with Saddam, that she was having a horrible pregnancy and the Iraqi doctors recommended an abortion. However, she didn't want to get an abortion. So she moved to the section of Baghdad where the finest doctors were available. They were the Jewish doctors and the Jewish doctors nursed. Her through her pregnancy with Saddam Hussein. And in the Jerusalem Post it said when he was born, she decided to name him Saddam because Saddam means destroyer and he almost destroyed her. I looked at that absolutely stunned. And that was sort of the icing on the cake for me. That's when I decided since I found out that the Arabic word for Saddam actually means destroyer. Now, do you understand what I'm saying to you? I'm saying to you, in the Bible, it said a man by the name of destroyer is going to unleash the oil fields, the bottomless pit, and the sun and the air will be darkened by reason of smoke. I don't know. There were a couple of things in the prophecy I didn't understand yet, but there was too much Here for me to deny. And that's when I reached the conclusions that actually the fifth trumpet sounded in uh, 1990, 1991. Okay. Now we got to get back to the fourth trumpet. Let's go now to Revelation chapter eight, verse number 12. It states there and the fourth angel sounded and the third part of the sun was smitten and the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened and the day shone not for a third part of it and the night likewise. Okay, what can this be? Now this is all that's given to us for the fourth trumpet. A third part of the stars, the sun, the moon was smitten. And the sun didn't shine for a third part of the day. The moon did not shine for one third part of the night. Well, I just tell you, I was, I, I was uh, totally stalled on this one. I didn't know what this meant. Now, I did know, however, that there was another prophecy in the Bible given by Jesus Christ Himself. This is Matthew chapter twenty-four, verse twenty-two, and it says there. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh. Saved, But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So what do I make of all this? I didn't know the answer. And I had a lot of people, when I would teach the third trumpet and the second trumpet and the first trumpet and the fifth trumpet, everybody said, yeah, what about the fourth? And I had to say, I don't know, because I didn't know. Well, my wife uh, is one of my best fans, and also she's one of my biggest critics, Uh, So consequently, uh, she was driving along one day, and she was thinking about the fact that I didn't understand the fourth trumpet, and she wanted me to understand these things to be able to deal with all these issues. And so uh, she said to God as she was driving along in the car, uh, she said, "Uh, God, how are you going to shorten the days? Well, let me back up just a moment. She came home that day, and she said, God spoke to me today. I said, he did. Well, I thought she was setting me up because she'd been out shopping that she, God spoke to her to buy a new dress. And so she was maybe just kidding me. Uh, but I saw she was serious. And since we've been married like 30 years at the time, um, she had never said that to me before. Not in all of our married days. She had never looked at me and said, God spoke to me. So I sobered up and I took it serious. And I said to her, so what did he say? She said, well, I asked him, God, how are you going to shorten the days? And he said, I already have and she said I said back to God as I'm driving down the road well how Lord and he spoke back to her in her mind I've speeded everything up but men don't realize it it's already a done deal well I thought about that for a while and I started studying some more and I I thought well God if you're gonna shorten the days are you going to shorten the number of days which some people think or are you gonna shorten the length of each day well I decided he had to shorten the length of each day because if he shortened the number of days, it would mess the Bible up because in Daniel chapter 12, verse 11 and 12, it says, and from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that make a desolate set up, there shall be a 1,290 days. So from the abomination of desolation till the culmination of everything till the battle of Armageddon is gonna be 1,290 days. And then it says, blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the 1,335th day so if god would shorten the number of days then this scripture would be would have to be changed and the bible says thy word o lord is forever settled in heaven so i was convinced from my knowledge of the bible and from my knowledge of god that he was not going to change the number of days so the answer obviously was that he must be going to to shorten the length of each day and really the prophecy of revelation says that the sun would not shine for one third part of the day the moon would not shine for one third part of the night so i thought okay well then i said to my wife judy i said but babe this can't be because if the days are shorter and the clocks are moving faster men are still able to run the four minute mile now, this was my engineering background sitting in here, my mathematical background. And, and I said, you know, if the clocks are moving faster, the mile is still as long as it was, and men can't run any faster. So that means it should be taking them five minutes at least to run a four-minute mile. And she looked at me as only she can, as only a, a woman can, and she said, I can answer your question, but I still know God spoke to me, as though that settles it. Well, about a week or so later... She and I were in a restaurant, and there was a professor from Richmond, Indiana there that followed a lot of our teachings, and he happened to be at the restaurant. And so uh, Judy went up to him and said, hey, uh," she began to tell him about what she felt like God spoke to her. But she said, Irvin says that it won't work because men couldn't run the four-minute mile anymore, and they still are. Well, the professor looked at both of us and said, oh, that's no problem. Uh, don't you understand Einstein's theory of relativity? Uh, Well, well, sure, I I read all that for breakfast every morning, right? Well, he said, don't you understand that time and speed are relative one to the other? So when one speeds up, the other speeds up. So I'm I'm standing there trying to absorb all this, and my wife is uh, looking like the cat's meow. You know, I told you, here's the college professor. He's backing me up. Well, about a week or so later, I was on the phone with another friend who was a pretty intelligent guy, and I was talking to him about it. He said, oh, that's no problem. I was talking about the four-minute mile again. He said, that's no problem. Don't you understand Einstein's theory of relativity? So what do I do? I'm off to the uh, bookstore, and I buy two or three books on Einstein's theory of relativity. Um, I haven't read them yet, but I'm going to get around to it one of these days. But anyway... Uh, It certainly, since I was convinced the third trumpet sounded and the fifth trumpet sounded, it seemed like to me that maybe my wife, in fact, was right as much as I hated to admit it. Okay, so when did the fourth trumpet sound? If it did sound, when did it sound? Well, we know the third trumpet sounded in 1986, and we know the fifth trumpet sounded in 1991. So is there any major event between 1986 and 1991? that could maybe be related to the shortening of the days. Well, back in 1968, God allowed me to understand that the Berlin Wall was going to come down, the two Germanys would be reunited. I actually put it in a book that I published in 1986. I stated that the Berlin Wall was coming down, the two Germanies would be reunited, and that would be the beginning of the new world order. Well, uh, that was gonna be a, a turning point as a matter of fact, that's what, that's what prompted me to start End Time Magazine because I felt like that was really the beginning of the end time. Well, furthermore, 10 years after 1989, Merrill Lynch actually put out a full page ad in, in USA Today. And the title said, the world is 10 years old today. Congratulations. Happy birthday. And they were actually stating that the new world began when the Berlin Wall fell on November the 9th of 1989. Well, recently I was listening to a speech by Mr. Tony Blair. He has a new foundation called the Tony Blair uh, Foundation. It's the uh, combination of faith and globalization. And he said that globalization began with the fall of the Berlin Wall. So it's very much a pivotal event. And I said, well, God, maybe that's when you speeded everything up. And I think that probably is correct. Okay. Well, let's look at the sixth trumpet now. Revelation 9, verse 13. And the six angels sounded, and I heard a voice saying, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, a day, a month, and a year for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, and I heard the number of them. Okay, this prophecy tells us three things there's going to be a war that will kill one-third of mankind. That's verse 15. One-third of mankind? That's 2.3 billion people. Big prophecy. And the war is going to start from the Euphrates River. And the Euphrates River is in the Middle East. And the number of the army that will participate, one of the armies, will be 200,000,000. That's an army of 200 million. Okay, now let's make sure we understand about this war. It starts from the Euphrates River. There are four angels bound on the great river Euphrates, and when they're loosed it triggers this war that will kill one-third of mankind there'll be a 200 million man army involved let's take a look real quick at the euphrates river notice here it starts in turkey down through syria down all the way through Iraq, emptying out in the Persian Gulf where the border of Iran and Iraq meet together. Now, this is where this war will begin from. And I don't know whether you've noticed or not, but there's a lot of turmoil in the Middle East uh, right now as I speak to you, and it's it's been that way for a long time and undoubtedly will continue. So the Bible says that this war that kills one-third of mankind is going to start right here in the Middle East. Now, what else do we know? We know it starts from the Euphrates River, and the United States of America has 50,000 troops stationed there right now. Now, we're making this video. Uh, Here we are in the middle of uh, 2011. We've got 50,000 troops there right now. You can see the American uh, troops there. The other thing we know about this Euphrates River is that it's a 100% Islamic river. Now, what does that tell us? If the Euphrates River is going to emanate from there, it's obvious that Islam, with its 1.5, 1.6 billion people, will be involved in this war. So this is a prediction of a war that's going to kill one-third of mankind. Uh, What do we know for sure? We know that China has a population. She could field 200 million soldiers. Islam has a bigger population. They also could field... uh, uh, one-third or 200 million soldiers. They could. They have enough population that they could field 200 million soldiers. So will the army of 200 million soldiers be Islam or China? Probably both. Because if you're going to kill one-third of mankind, uh, you're going to have to kill a lot of people. Uh, so anyway, that's... The, the sixth trumpet prophecy of this war that's coming, and it could happen really at any moment. By the time you're watching this DVD, we may be in the middle of it. I don't know for sure. I know for positive, though, this war has to happen before the great tribulation begins. So that gives us a little bit of guide of what the Bible says is going to happen. Okay, now to the seventh trumpet. Revelation 11, verse 15 through 18. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead the nations were angry. the time of the dead that they should be judged and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants the prophets and to the saints and them that fear thy name small and great shouldest destroy them that destroy the earth so what happens under the seventh trumpet the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our lord and his christ his wrath has come rewards given to the saints this is the second coming of jesus christ The Apostle Paul taught us about the last trumpet in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 through 53. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, that means we will not all die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. There it is. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So what's going to happen is the people who are dead who have been born again will be raised from the dead. And when all of us that are still on the earth serving God, we will be changed from mortal to immortality in the twinkle of an eye. Then we, we will be caught up together with the dead who have raised together we will meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord now in first Thessalonians chapter number four verse 16 we have another account of the last trump for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, the most critical thing that we're going to talk about as we close today is the rapture. Romans eight eleven tells us if you want to be a part of the rapture, it says if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. You want to make sure you've received the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost because that's the power that will raise you up in that last day.
1: mm mm-hmm.
2: You know that 666 years they released that from the end of the Black Plague.
1: I heard something about that the other day. Yeah,
2: I put it on last
1: night. Oh, that was you that put that on there. He
2: almost
3: died
1: from it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't supposed to live. That's why you hear me breathing real heavy. If I just get up and move a little bit, I don't have a lot of lung capacity left. All right, so we're going to go ahead and proceed on. Um, for those of you that can't hear me. Um, You'll be picking it up on the podcast version. So I trust if you're hearing this, you have now switched over to the podcast version. Um, One of the things that caught my attention, because we try to be very precise on timeline-type issues, Um, when he said that Matthew 24 and that's the biggest one of the biggest prophecy chapters in the Bible that's Jesus giving an account of the of the the final time the kind of the wrapping of everything up and uh, he quoted Matthew 24 verse 22 and except those days should be shortened he was talking about the fourth trumpet the shortening or the speeding up of every the shortening of the days and so I thought well that's Verse twenty-two. That's pretty far down. I wonder how that hits on the timeline because I feel like right now we are in what Matthew twenty-four would deem as Jesus described it as the beginning of sorrows. Um, and that's up around verse seven, which is like um, there'll be famines and nation against nation, kingdom against king, kingdom. And if you, we've Brothers, talked about this, if you go back just so you have an understanding since we have some new faces here, if you go back to the Greek on nation against nation, it's actually ethnos, ethnicity. So race against race, kingdom against kingdom. So you'll see race-type altercations. You'll see wars, rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes in diverse places, pestilences. So back when COVID hit, and I started looking at this particular part of the Scripture a little bit closer, for some reason, I... For some reason, I was thinking of pestilences as like locusts and plagues. I guess you'd say. I hadn't looked. I hadn't delved into it. So I looked up pestilence. In um, I went to the Greek and then the definition, and it literally says a virulent disease or pandemic. So race against race, we've seen plenty of that. Kingdom or uh, kingdom against. Kingdom, we're seeing that right now. Um, Now China's threatening everybody. Um, Pestilences, COVID would definitely, it's the only time in the entire world that we have shut the entire world down. So pestilence, and and in my book, it says pestilences. So in my opinion, we're going to have more of this.
3: We'll look at this thing.
1: But why should we be surprised that COVID... Well, I don't have any audio, so I guess well, the podcast version will
2: because,
1: because COVID was no accident. It's it was put up on us. And I believe there's plenty more of that type of thing in labs, bio
4: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Look
1: at
4: all the labs in the Ukraine that they already found
1: mm-hmm. that we I don't think funded. there's a good side on that war. No. But 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 look at the next one It says Earthquakes in diverse places. Now, I've got an earthquake chart that I have put together myself, and have I shared that with you? (coughs) Remind me, and I'll send it to you. Um, We had an uptick in earthquakes. We used to hit about 60 or 65 earthquakes a decade worldwide. In 2000, it went to 10 times. Is that
2: including those in the oceans?
1: All of them according to, that's going on to the US geological survey and putting in 6.0 or greater and then I did it by decade. Now once you hit the year 2000, I started breaking it down by year inside of that decade. So we're having as many earthquakes we're having more earthquakes in one year now than we used to have in an entire decade. And it wasn't like, well now we're able to see them more, you know, we're able to determine them more, so it, it had to have just ramped up. It was like, it was, and that's not the case. It was like an on switch. It was like a light switch. Click. It just jumped 10 times, and they're all over the place. So you've got earthquakes in diverse places. The next thing that this world government is pushing on us, they're forcing it on us, is a famine, which is prophesied. So when you look at those... And exactly the next verse after it, Jesus says, but the end is not yet. He calls them the beginning of sorrows. But then the very next thing that he goes into describing is the great tribulation. That at the moment in time when the Antichrist will become the Antichrist, when the Antichrist stands in the newly built temple of God, he'll be in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. There'll be a third temple. He will stand in the temple of God claiming to be God that will mark the beginning of the Great Tribulation. You will have three and a half years from that point. So we would have already been, when the peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians is signed, that will mark the beginning of the final seven years. That's Daniel 9.27. And he, is speaking of the Antichrist there, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for a week of years. Um, and a week of years is seven years. A week is seven, so seven years. And a lot of people will take that and go, well, there's a seven-year tribulation. There isn't one scripture for a seven-year tribulation. There's not one. I will buy you a new car if you find me a scripture that says there's a seven-year tribulation. But I can give you about six scriptures that tells us the great tribulation is three and one-half years. And you'll see it in two or three different ways in scripture, but they all point to the exact same time time frame at the very final three and a half years it's you'll see sometimes it'll call it forty and two months you'll see sometimes it'll call it twelve hundred and sixty days and you'll see it once in a while like uh, i started to allude to this earlier you'll see it in revelation 12 for example where it says a time times and a half a time or a dividing of time well a time is one year times is two years and then a half a year so three and a half years And we can determine that. We know that for a fact because we go back into the other scriptures that says 42 months, um, 1260 days. If you do the math on 1260 days, it's three and a half years. So we know that the Great Tribulation is three and a half years. Um, But the point that I was making earlier, and I didn't get a finish, um, I get sidetracked. In Daniel 7, he's talking about these individual beasts that will be on the earth at the time of the second coming. But he's just talking about the individual nations and the beasts that indicate to us what those nations are. Um, And I'll just kind of go back and touch up on it. It's the mouth uh, of the lion with eagle's wings growing out of it, a leopard with four heads, um, a bear with three ribs in its mouth, And then there's a ten-horned beast that he didn't really have anything to compare it to. If you go into Revelation, he talks about um, the mouth of the lion, the feet of the bear, ten horns of the ten-horned kingdom. But now it's in a combo beast. I saw a great beast, and he had having seven heads and ten horns. So he's talking about this beast in Daniel, but now it's all combo beast. Well, so that's how we know that it's going to be Um, a one-world government. In later scripture, it tells us that it's a scarlet-colored beast. Well, we know that from scriptures that give us indications of the first four seals, you know, there's seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials, seven bowls. The seven seals, the first four are horsemen. The red horse is a clear indication of a spirit of communism. Well, the beast the in world the one world government beast is a scarlet colored beast that tells us so we knew way back years ago that the one world government would be socialistic in nature communistic well is it 100 percent.
2: and we're headed that
1: way and we're headed that way now here's some good news because we were talking about this earlier and you're like great i won't sleep tonight so here's the good news when you look at that you want to pull up You want to pull up Revelation, can you pull up quickly? Mm-hmm. Revelation 13, 1 and 2. Chapter 13 verse 1 and 2. Mhm. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Okay, so we know that Satan, Satan is the dragon. Satan gives it its power, but the most important thing to notice there, if you go, <coughs> excuse me, if you go back into Daniel, I'm just going to read this real quick. He talks about the first beast was like a lion. The first beast uh, was like a lion, and he had eagle's wings. Now this is Daniel seven, so he's talking about these individual beasts. He's talking about when it turns into a one-world government. So I'm backing up one step. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. And I beheld until the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon it the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given unto it. What, What you are seeing there is a picture of what country did we come from? And what is, and if you go to Trafalgar Square in, in England, it's facing north, south, east, west, there's a lion. Their nation's symbol is a lion. Everything they have, their nation's symbol is a lion. Dictionary will even tell you that. If you look up lion, it'll give you a description of a, an actual lion, but it'll say it's also the symbol of the, of the nation of England. What would be our nation's symbol if we had, well, we do have one. What is it? Eagle. Eagle. So this is the only point in time in history where you see an indication of a, a nation that is a lion. Eagle's wings were growing out of it, but they became plucked and stood as a, stood on their own. They were standing as a man, and a man's heart was given unto it. Well, we are the most generous nation on the face of the earth. But having said that, you are seeing the Declaration of Independence. We broke off. The Eagle's wings broke off. So I've said all that to say this. If you go back one chapter, so now you're seeing this combo beast and this one world government with all these beasts that we just heard about in Daniel. Now they're in a combo beast. Worse than that, they're in a scarlet colored combo beast, socialistic combo beast. Now wait a minute. So we're going to be under the heavy boot heel of the Antichrist. Hold on. Because the one thing that, if you pay attention to what he read in Revelation 13, 1 and 2, there was no eagle's wings on that combo beast. So what happened? Well, we know before that, we know before we hit the final three and a half years, there's going to be a war that kills one third of the human race. Scripture, that's the sixth trumpet. Scripture does not tell us which happens next, where we stand right now, today. That One part of the timeline, if you look at it, we are waiting on Daniel 9.27, we're waiting on that peace agreement between the Palestinians and the Israelis. The other thing that we're waiting on is this six-trumpet war. The fifth trumpet has sounded, and I think conclusively that was smoke coming up from the bottomless pit. The, the king among them was the destroyer. I mean, it, it nails that almost to a T. So we know we've been through five trumpets. We're waiting on the sixth. We've never had a war that's killed a third of the human race. And it's not saying a third of the people in the armies that participate. It says the human race. And, I'll, and I'm going to add a couple of things since we have uh, some new faces here tonight. There are four angels bound in the great river Euphrates. This is the sixth trumpet that leads up to this war that it talks about. Now we know scripturally from the timeline of scripture that this war must happen before the Antichrist stands on the temple of God claiming to be God before the Antichrist is revealed. Scripturally, this war must happen before that. So, um, but we don't know which happens first, the peace agreement coming up or that war. It could happen either way. I, I believe it's going to launch the Antichrist into power, so I think it's going to probably be the peace agreement and then the war. But there's, I don't have a scripture to back that up. That's just a gut feeling. One of the armies that participates in this war is probably, or are you just going there? Yeah, go ahead. What were you getting ready to say?
2: You're smarter than me,
1: go ahead. No, I'm saying, I want to make sure I answer this. What were you thinking?
2: Of uh, who was going to be participating? Yeah. Iran, Iraq,
1: Well, wha- uh, it, Turkey, it Scripture Syria. says one of the, now you're talking about the Battle of Armageddon, right? Yes. Okay, you're correct. And, I, and I'm getting to that. Yeah, you're, okay. you're, you're right on top of it. So there's war before that war? That's this Six Trumpet War will happen before that. That's that is Armageddon. not the Battle that of Armageddon. Armageddon. Right. And with that scripture, he just went over. And there are four angels bound in the great river Euphrates to be loosed for an hour, a day, a month, and a year for to slay a third part of mankind. Well, the Euphrates River runs between... It runs down through Turkey... Um, Syria comes right down through the heart of Iraq and the last 50 miles or so is the border between Iraq and Iran. So you've got four nations there. You've got four angels bound in the great river Euphrates and for an exact moment in time they will be released for to slay a third part of the human race. Now this entire river is the Islamic River. Having said that, a lot of the nations that are mentioned in the, a lot of the a lot of the nations that are housed in this Euphrates River area we're going to lose a third of the human race in this war but a lot of those nations are still on the earth come the Battle of Armageddon at the, at the, at the wrapping up of that final seven years or the end of the final three and a half years. It's the same end point. So Turkey Syria what else did you mention Iraq or Iraq, Iraq. Iran for sure I'm not sure about Iraq um,
2: and I said Iraq because of where the majority of the rivers
1: located. you're right so a lot of these nations are gonna come against Jerusalem at the Battle of Armageddon so they are not going to be wiped out or severely diminished in this Six Trumpet War so a lot of these A lot of these fatalities that are going to come to total a third of the human race are going to be other places. So the spark will be along the Euphrates River, according to Scripture, but it's not going to stay there. Well, what happens if, let's say, I'm just going to throw one example out there. Let's say Iran believes, or I'm sorry, let's say Israel believes that Iran is a little too close for comfort on a nuclear weapon and they go in and make an airstrike. Iran retaliates we come in and we back up Israel, China gets involved. All of a sudden, there's that spark in the Euphrates River, but now you've got world powers facing each other. And I think that's a very likely scenario. China is involved in everything Middle East. And anytime you think Russia, think China, because they're usually right behind it. Um, Everybody is a little irritated with China right now.
2: I'm feeling the, under, the swelling underground river of the relationship between the Russians and Iran because with all the weapons that were left in the Afghanistan, $7.25 billion dollars worth, they are now in the process of selling them to Russia. Yep. I honestly believe everybody hates America and in the end I think they all come together. And Here's the good news. We've, I won't be here.
1: No. We will. Well, I can't vouch for you, personally. Um, so, like I said, all of these nations that are mentioned in this combo beast in, Reve- in Revelation 13, 1, the United Nations, the one world government, if you will, the nation that's missing, the nation symbol that's missing out of that combo beast is the eagle's wings. We're not there. So what happened to us? If you back up a chapter, Revelation 12 and 14... At the exact same moment that the Antichrist definitely reveals himself, when he stands in the temple of God claiming to be God, at that exact moment, mortally speaking, on our plane speaking, there's a war that's been happening in heaven. And the end result of that war is Satan gets kicked out of heaven and is bound to the earth. And that happens in Revelation 12. And Scripture says, And woe be to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for Satan comes down to you. This is how we know that the final three and one-half years is not God's wrath. A lot of people will tell you that the Great Tribulation is God's wrath. It is not. There's not a Scripture for it. God does pour his wrath out with the vials or the bowls, People Scripture calls them. But the three and a half years is Satan's wrath. How do we know that? Woe be to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for Satan comes down to you having great wrath, knowing he hath but a short time, and he persecutes the woman, the woman that gave birth to the man-child the, with the 12 stars about her head, the nation of Israel, for a time, times, and a half a time, for a three-and-one-half-year period. Well, that's funny, because the great tribulation is three, and or the final three-and-one-half years says the exact same thing if we look in other scriptures. So at the exact same moment in time that Satan gets kicked out of heaven and is bound to the earth, the Antichrist stands in the temple of God claiming to be God at that exact moment. So it appears scripturally, initially this was the thought of mine and I wanted something more concrete. And I looked at, when I was down in Texas, I looked at a buddy of mine that we shot some videos together and I said, it, my, my gut is telling me Satan himself is going to possess the body of the Antichrist. But does, has Satan ever possessed a body himself? We've seen in scriptures many times where demons were cast out, devils were cast out. But has Satan ever done it himself? That's
4: interesting. He may and, have. But and
1: never hold on, out. and and we can record in scripture one time for sure. Go back to where Judas was at the Last Supper with Jesus. And uh, was it John that had his head on Jesus's? chest. And Jesus said, I'm going to hand him the sop that's going to betray me. And he hands the sop to Judas. And when he does that, scripture says, and Satan entered him. And Jesus looked at Judas, and I believe Jesus was looking at Satan, because if you read the scripture, he says, whatever it is you do, do it quickly. Jesus was on a schedule. He had to be killed as the Passover lamb. It had to be done at that, at the correct time. And I, I promise you, Jesus was looking at Judas's physical eyes, but he was looking at the devil. The devil, Satan himself, had just entered Judas' body. And he goes, whatever you must do, do it quickly. Because I'm the Passover, not me, but I'm the Passover lamb. And I have to be crucified on time. So there is scripture for Satan personally embodying somebody.
4: Comes from heaven and he enters
1: the Antichrist on because the because he just got kicked out of heaven. He's no he no longer wow. has access to heaven. And at that moment he's on, earth. he's on earth, and why not take possession of the body of the most powerful man on the face okay, of the earth? So I've said all that, and I know I've said a lot. But let's read it one or two more verses down, and it's Revelation 12, 14. We're gonna find those eagles' wings. So Satan gets kicked out of heaven <coughs> out of heaven to the earth and will be to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. But she will be given, it's talking about the nation of Israel, she will be given two wings of a great eagle that she will be protected and nourished in her place. Where's Israel? Where, where's her place? It's her, her promised land that God gave her. People will tell you Petra. Petra is not, it may have been a great place to be in 200 AD 200 BC, but it's not a great place to be in the days of fighter bom- bombers and bomber bomber planes. One bomb in the middle of Petra, the whole thing's destroyed. God gave her. God gave Israel her place. It's her promised land. She will be protected and nourished in her place for for that time, times and a half a time for that three and a half year, that final three and a half years. So let me paint a picture. We have another scripture that tells us. Um, as far as the Antichrist is concerned, who's under the boot heel of the Antichrist. Uh, There's a scripture that tells us Edom, Ammon, and Moab will escape out of his hand. All of that is describing parts of Jordan. So Jordan will escape out of the Antichrist's hand for some reason. Israel escapes out of his hand because you don't come against a nation at the Battle of Armageddon if you already control it. You don't war with something you already control. We're protecting Israel from the. And and Scripture says she will be protected and nourished from the face of the serpent. So it's a very bold political move. Have we had a president that has had the backbone like that? Can you think of a president that stood up?
2: Trump Reagan.
1: Reagan was pretty good too, but that I was more of a teenager at that point in time. But Trump totally came. Moved in, our moved our embassy yeah. from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He's anointed. Well, he's he's either anointed or God sees in him for that moment in time, and I don't right. think he's done. I don't either. Now, so, so in, the, it, in the final three and one-half years, and remember, we haven't started the final seven yet. That'll be the peace agreement, and I've got a little bit of news on that. So one side or the other of the peace agreement, we're going to have this war that's going to kill a third of the human race. But we can take some other scripture and go, okay, what's left? China is never mentioned in Bible prophecy. If China had a if China had a nation symbol, what would it be? Yeah, right. A dragon. Every single time in scripture, if you look at dragon and really look at what it's yes, telling you about that world dragon, world. it's talking about Satan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That old dragon the, and the serpent, Satan himself, I'm not making the connection.
2: Where's China go? Where are the people? It doesn't
1: appear from? to be there.
2: Okay, so are you saying that Might whatever number has gotta be gone? That
1: six trumpet war, a third of the human rea- or a third of the human race is gone. That's gonna be at this point in time 2.6, 2.7 billion people. Right. China's only got 1.6. So
4: they could all be wiped out.
1: And you still have a billion to go. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And why wouldn't China be mentioned in Bible prophecy? They have their nose in everything. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm,
4: everything.
3: I have a thought on that too. Whatever, you know, the reason that they pulled our troops out of Iraq, could that have been the hand of God right there to protect our, when all that comes down?
1: Well, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on one hand and, and, and remind us all of something else too. God had a hand in building this nation, and I know there's a lot of, and i got to be careful because this is going to end up on social media of one form or another, but entities that have come through time for the last several hundred years um, that really have a lot of Satan involved in it, and yeah, I can just go ahead and mention the Illuminati, but there are other entities as well that have a lot of Satan in it, and people want to hang that, on our founding fathers, um, a song like that sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? You've probably heard that, so I want to be careful. But, there just is no doubt, when you read the history of the founding of this country, there's just no doubt that God had his hand on the formation of this country. It was the last piece of land left to be settled. And I think God held that piece of land back. God made the earth. He knew that, he knew that, this house would be on this piece of property before the United States was ever discovered by a modern man at the time. So he knows the beginning from the end. So I do believe God held this country aside and he formed this nation. But why wouldn't, why wouldn't he have that mindset? Because now we're going to turn around and protect his people for the final... Well, we've been the protector of Israel all the way since the United Nations began. And we're going to continue to do so, apparently. Now, I can't vouch for the the first half of the final seven years. There's not a lot of prophecy that talks about that that angle of things. But the final three and one-half years, he is going to give, uh, she'll be given two wings of a great eagle that she'll be protected and nourished from the face of the serpent. It's a very bold political move. I don't see anybody in this administration that has that, willpower to go against the United Nations. They would just as soon as dive off the cliff and go right into the United Nations.
2: They'll kill all they can themselves. Question for you in review. When you said that at that moment, Satan entered into Judas. Mm -hmm. At the end then, he must have exited Judas because Judas was sorry for what he did.
1: And he hung himself. Mm -hmm. Is
2: that what you would say?
1: Well, and, and there's a lot this is a that's a this is a very deep topic because there's so much that goes into that and I know that you have a Catholic background if I remember right oh. okay good okay no. oh no okay I do remember some of your posts <laughs> yeah. but Cause I go after a- yeah you do you do I was thinking I that you were post. brought up Catholic though oh. maybe it was because I thought you lived in Highland and I just assumed okay. So right. you, you may understand this then. Um, Jesus Christ scripture tells us this, that it was God manifest in the flesh. God robed himself in flesh, scripture says. Um, you shall, another scripture says, he will be called the wonderful cou-
3: counselor, mighty
1: God. Ha- how does that go exactly?
3: Father. It's right behind me on that plaque, that black plaque.
1: Wonderful counselor, Grace,
3: uh mighty God.
1: The mighty God, Scripture mm-hmm. says. Another Scripture says he robed himself in flesh. So Jesus Christ was God, but also man. That sacrifice, he had to be part man because he had to bridge that gap from us to more, yes. He had
4: to take on our sin.
1: So having said that, Scripture also tells us, and this is Scripture, he had to keep his name, there's power in the name of Jesus. He had to keep his name secret in the Old Testament, Scripture tells us. Because Scripture says, had they known that he was God, they wouldn't have killed him, because they would have known they couldn't kill him. But they had to be so, deceived.
4: So it wouldn't be the resurrection.
1: So throughout the, throughout the entire... But he had to be crucified for mm-hmm. our sin. The entire Old Testament. There's a couple of times you see God mentioned as an angelic form, and it says, and the angel, God tells the people two different occasions that i can think of why ask me my name seeing it a secret he had to keep his name secret in the old testament because had the devils known that when jesus christ was on earth it was literally god in the flesh they would have known they couldn't have killed him but they had to so he had to keep his name secret Interesting. As, and that's that is one that is 100 scripture Um, I don't know how you would look up. So what's the
2: difference here between deceit and secrecy? Well,
1: so here's the deal. At the moment in time, Jesus Christ, part man, part God, Jesus Christ himself, the Christ in flesh, was causing all kinds of disturbances for Satan. What am I going to do with this guy? Everything he's ever known is to kill and destroy. And he finally came to the conclusion, I'm just going to kill him? And deal with the consequences later. Whatever it is, I gotta kill this guy. I gotta shut him up. But he didn't know that. He killed him, crucified him. So, at, he didn't know what so doing. At, that, at that moment in time that you're talking about, Judas is standing there. Satan entered him because Satan knew I gotta get rid of this guy. I've got to kill him. I'll figure it out later, but I gotta stop this ministry. Wasn't it he's healing he's people, he's, he's casting out devils. So the devil made him do it. The devil did it himself. The devil took it his own personal responsibility to betray Jesus. and here's the funny thing because scripture tells us this when Jesus picked out Judas he knew he was going to betray him.
4: He knows everything. I
1: have to pick out one devil. What did he call him? What's he call him in scripture? He picked out 11 Jesus. and one and
4: one of you is a devil.
1: But him. he said it early way early on. Yeah. And he said that? Yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. He caught why he...
2: I felt sorry for Judas because he was born to do that role. He was. He gives and you a role like is... Uriah.
4: I mean he sacrifices people for like the good Jude, of everybody.
1: Like Uriah being killed. I want to go ahead and give you those two instances in the Old Testament so you can have it for later. I know I've given you a lot. Jacob, the deceiver, the, 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 the scepter, the, 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 the supplanter. You know, he had, he had betrayed his brother yeah. to get the birthright. And he, he just felt nasty about this whole thing. It made him it left a bad taste in his mouth. And he's heading back to go make up with his brother after, after, after the he's time he'd been him. gone. And he sent his servants and all those ahead. And he stayed back to talk to God a little bit. His name was Jacob at the time. And he wrestled with this angel all night. You remember that? And we they were on a build. highway. They were on I-35.
4: He knew he couldn't let him go though or he he
1: couldn't, he couldn't let him go I'm not letting him you him go until you bless redeem, me. Redeem, yes. Until you bless me, I'm not letting you go. And he, he goes, "I me. can't be seen here." He had, Jacob had already had his hip thrown out. The angel touched his hip and threw his hip out. He not. I am not letting you go. So the angel says, "Okay, all right. <clears throat> God knew he, was <clears throat> gonna, he was I'm going I'm going to bless you. What is your name?" And he said, "Jacob, you know, the supplanter, the no good guy, Israel." And the angel said, From now on, your name shall be called Israel. Jacob goes, While we're making introductions here, what is your name? And he goes, Why askest thou my name, seeing it is secret? What's that? Oh,
4: name? because nobody can know yet.
1: You can't know his name, you can't know That's it part
4: yet. Of not knowing for the whole Old Testament. That was the Old Testament.
1: There is a story in the book of Judges. I believe, where a lady, uh, it's the birth of uh, Samson. The wife is barren, and I can't remember her name. Um, The husband and wife, they can't have kids. An angel came in and said, you will have a son. You do not drink any strong wine. Do not drink, uh, don't eat any unclean thing. You will have a son. And she ended up having Samson. Before that angel of the Lord left, she said, "What is your name, so that we can praise you for what you've done?" And he said, "Why ask us my name, seeing it is secret?"
2: So he said it again.
1: That's the second instance. Whereas so every
2: that's other twice God, you're saying, came to earth again, came. Okay. And, he, he and in fact, scripture
1: know. on that one tells you that's what it is. Because, and I can't remember if Jacob said it or not. I would have to go back and look. If you want to go back it's Their not angel, a big deal but,
3: with an angel of the Lord,
1: but they said that's what about. Um, the father and mother of samson about two scriptures down after he says why why asketh thou my name seeing it a secret the husband said we have seen the face of god and lived he realized he it right then
4: he didn't have to the, hear the answer he knew
1: the angel had just left, and he goes, we have seen the face of God and lived.
2: How was it that person was able to live knowing people can't look at God? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, he took on an angelic form. Okay. And every... Oh, that must have I'm getting him, ready to get know. in trouble. Why? He's <laughs> going on
4: and on and
1: on. <laughs> Do you know the corner I painted myself into? I can step out of it. Um, mm.
2: Let's run with
1: I don't know. I mean, I don't want to cause any mischief within this room.
2: We all got skin.
1: Everybody wants to believe in a Trinitarian Trinitarian idea wasn't even founded until the 300s, maybe late 200s, 250, 300. Deuteronomy 6 4. Hero, it's the basis of the Old Testament. It's the basis of the God of the Old Testament. Hero, Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. Jesus Christ himself was God manifest in the flesh. Before Jesus transfigured up into heaven, he said, I must go. I've got to send a comforter. But he said, I am with you, but I shall be in you. Remember when he said that? Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit is God as well. Which works out well in like Matthew because... The whole time Jesus is calling God His Father, but Scripture says that Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. So if they're two different gods, we've got a problem. Houston, we have a problem. But if it's the same God, it's just a different form of God. God right. He's taking on. Been with them. But but the pagans. What what time frame was it when the when they started marrying? Uh, who was the emperor at the time that said we're going to take all this stuff and put it together? That's when all the pagan stuff started. It uh, yes, it Constantine. was. The Constantine and Noble. That's when they really paired trinity into the Christian religion. There wasn't a trinity anywhere in the New Testament. You'll never see a, a trinity in the New Testament. Having said that, it always confused me as to why they say well there's three. If you're going to take if you're going to make up a number, why don't we call it 4? A quadratarian. Because there was this angelic form that he took on in the Old Testament.
3: He's the Bread of Life. And he's,
1: he's yeah, this, he's, and he's Yeshua. He's the
3: rock of, rock of our Salvation. He's the Rose of Sharon. He's the Lily of the Valley. He's blah 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 blah.
2: <laughs> Are those metaphors though?
1: They they well he's filling different roles in our lives. The wonderful, the Counselor. You know the he he takes on different roles. Sometimes for us individually, he is our Comforter. Okay. In times of sorrow, and there's times that <laughs> there's times physically he's been a miracle healer for me. So it's the, but it's the same God. You know, back in the days of the paganistic, they would worship the sun god if they wanted this, or the moon god if they wanted that, or the a better harvest, they would worship a different God. It's one God. We worship one God. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. What's the scripture? Um, The devils know he's one Lord, and they tremble. For me trying to to break all those down,
2: I try to separate the difference between what is God and who is God. Because what he is is our Savior. Who he is is our Lord. So when I hear people say, you know, bless our Savior, that's blessing what his action is, not who he is. Mm-hmm. Right. In my mind.
1: And no man can get to um to salvation without going through the work that he did as Jesus Christ, as our Christ, our Saviour. So you can't get to this you can't get to the other side without that going across that intercessory bridge.
4: You can't have the Holy Spirit without him either, so
1: You are spot on.
4: Well, so you
2: know, really, you so know where are we at Spirit. now? I felt like we got off. Going from one to three to now we're brings back to one. you talking it's about possible. the Holy Spirit. That's okay.
4: where I'm lost. You t- said the Holy Spirit wasn't in the New Testament. Were you saying we don't have a
2: Holy Spirit? No, man? no,
1: no. I'm not saying okay. that. Not at that time. I'm saying it's all God. It's all yes. It's, it's him all one. God. He has the ability. You can just say God, and it's all of them. While he... he's the healer, he's while the he everything. is in Japan being somebody's comforter, he can literally and all that's done through the Holy Spirit. Right. He can comfort somebody in Japan while he's healing me physically. While to him, he's he's uh, being a counselor.
4: He's Christ too.
1: But it's the same God. Christ that was His, on earth and
2: Christ that's in heaven. Does man I have God. some of that ability? For example, I've dealt with ten thousand kids in my career. I'm not here, but they can have a good thought about something I've said or done for them or with them that they could be comforted by something I did. She was a teacher. In World War Two,
1: so Thank I guess God. I'm so I Your guess I'm thinking
2: God. do we is that another feature really that we maybe have that I'm just going wow because I know I have and this is not bragging but I had 550 people wish me happy birthday
4: nice.
2: <laughs> and their former students friends parents and a lot of my Facebook friends that I'll never meet never will but Arizona sue is one of my favorites is she on yours too yeah, she's, she's really cool.
1: I mean, unless she's on one of my. That's pro- that, my point pages there really is know. that
2: I think we all have some of that ability. We're all counselors, we're <clears through throat> all this, we're all that, because that's part of our image of God, of who we are. That we have so much, we don't have the supernatural power, but we have the other power. Power in the name of the
4: Lord through right.
2: us. And you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've probably. You have power. I've been schizophrenic mm-hmm. myself you before, power so maybe that's I am more than one person. <laughs> like when I used to have a really a bad bottom. temper, I think. Well, I go deep in, and I know. Because the Holy I
1: Spirit will work through us. Yeah. Else else and the
2: There in the students. No, I know the made, students. We're were huge. Sometimes, he can't so, listen, he's huge. Sometimes so he'll work in yeah. spite yeah. of
1: us. Right? Oh,
4: well, I know that one. Well, and he's
3: given us a lot tonight. But then we kind of went off into a, a big, bigger subject. You know, I got to tell you, that that's where I God. think education he's
2: could use some reformation, because sadly, in schools, they'll take like I was a science teacher. We'll tell you this much science this much science and go that deep so you don't have a clue about squat. Yeah. When yeah. I was a teacher, I took this much science and went this deep. Yes.
3: yes. And because Teach I'm the why question
2: guy, you've seen my Facebook. Mm-hmm. I, wanna mm-hmm. I want to know. I want to know. Don't just cut me off. The thing
1: that impressed me with Tim early on was just the depth. I mean, the it's a never-ending quest for you to He's always logical. He always wants to know the
2: answers. And I'm not saying that I have any of the answers. I just ask what I sent something out yesterday. I don't have your email address, but I sent something out to the to the preachers. And when the when the uh, executive from Pfizer comes out, he's caught on that tape for the Veritas.
1: Oh yeah 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 the number two guy yes
2: that it's all a game yep. When do the preachers even begin to warn us about the wolves among us? I mean, seriously, I call the preachers out all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should we'll be on my right. email list. it's I like, dude, meet where our, are you guys at?
3: You know, about you about I stuff? wish you could meet our pastor because he just talked about being, well, he had a visiting minister, I guess, that he didn't know he was going to teach us. But he taught on being aware of the wolves that come and shoot. See, our mm-hmm. preacher and will say, the
2: word of the wolves and then move on. One time I went, and this is why... It, it's a it's a bad reason but it's mine i own it i went to a study one time with the guy who's the head preacher that was will and they and we listed 10 things that are in the world there's more than 10 but we just the quickies off the top and i thought good we'll dive into each one of them turn the page go on to the next thing didn't talk about abortion didn't talk about lying didn't talk about the the uh, weaponization of all the things that are going on in America. I mean, do you realize? Well, you guys do. You're smarter than I am. But the yeah. DOJ, the FBI, and uh, and the CIA all went along with the media to say yeah. that to say that Hunter Biden's thing was all Russian. Do you remember? Try that? Did you hear that? I don't
1: remember exactly. To hear you know what? Either. To say what? What? I, I missed what you said. I said short.
2: that that the DOJ the CIA and the FBI all went along with the media, which is the democratic newspaper. Okay. And they all Biden covered so up they, the Biden thing, in. which would influence the election from 2020, oh, yeah. which was stolen from, and it's, it's, it's I've been kicked off it's three right. times for putting and stolen.
4: funneling us <laughs> to where
2: we it need to be. It's the truth, it's
3: the truth.
2: The question I have for you is, if we had the COVID standards of elections, which turned out exactly well, the way they were intended well, to do, now yeah. that we don't have COVID, why do we still have that form? I know why. It works. Because they can cheat. <laughs> I'm a conspiracy theorist. I what? love Alex why? Jones. It's you know truth Alex Jones. I, I listen know. to him every night. I don't
5: know.
2: He's a wild man. He's he's the most they the Person in the world. You want to listen, Biden? Uh, no, uh, Alex Jones. I'm showing. i putting out audio on everything. Tells the truth. Yeah. I'm Biden.
1: showing. I'm putting out the, audio. Yeah. Yeah.
4: He's no, not afraid he to even, tell what he believes. He came on at the
2: same. What, time. Happened? what
1: happened? They're not getting audio on the live feed, but I'm showing I'm putting out audio. I mean, on Facebook, I'm showing I am putting out audio. I have an audio bit rate.
2: That's how I was trying to get to when all this is. Oh, okay.
4: when it was chatting. Well, I, yeah, I figured you were diving
2: going. into something.
4: Yeah. I was trying I to
2: get to the problem. You see, you know what? If I had one of those things, would it be pro- a problem? Is I take off on a wild thought. There'd be there'd be silence in the audio, and I lose yeah. where I'm at, so I can't really handle one of those at the same time. Yeah. Otherwise, I go off the rails easy.
3: Now he he's, he he kind of got a you know. It you know was some... cool.
2: I understood everything you said. He, yeah, that.
3: yeah. That cool. he's getting into some more stuff. Like on the
1: discussion part.
2: Whatever between yeah. that, I didn't know all that, but everything you said all pieced together.
1: The one thing I didn't summarize, and I started on this earlier, and I apologize because I go down rabbit trails. So when Brother Baxter was talking about Jesus Himself saying, "Except time be shortened," um, what, how he, was he like saying it?
2: it's like a fast forward? That's that yeah, and I didn't saying? understand that it the yeah. okay.
1: No, well, not a fast forward. It's a you know it's a speeding is. up of time, and and I'm going to explain that in just a second. But I want to I want to I want to put a timeline to what he was saying because. We what we what we just learned by the by looking at the trumpets was the fourth trumpet, which is the speeding up of things, would have happened about the time of the New World Order, back mm-hmm. in eighty mm-hmm. nine, because the fifth trumpet, in, in my mind, without it, there's not a doubt in my mind four, that that was Saddam Hussein. No, the sixth
4: one was alive.
1: one. Two. And he had the and the smoke from the bottomless pit. Where, does the, where is the oil? where's satan so that that tells us where satan's going to be bound during the thousand year millennial reign he's going to be bound in the that in the bottomless pit satan's going to be down below us okay all right i now i can start putting the pieces together but the question that i had was because he's in so that happened in let's say 89. but then you go into matthew 24 and he said it's way down in verse 22 And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh be saved. Mm -hmm. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. I know that the the instance that he's speaking of is after, immediately after, the Antichrist has revealed himself and stood in the temple. Because it's talking about the abomination of desolation. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, wait a minute. Is, Is he saying... And this is what I want to to really get out there to anybody that will hear this. Be very specific when you read something prophecy. Don't just gloss over it and go with it. Stop for a minute. What exactly, a thousand percent specific, what is it pinpoint telling me? All this scripture is saying is that when the Great Tribulation happens, something about that is going to draw the ire of the Palestinian people, and they're going to start attacking the Jews that live out in Scripture calls it Judea. We call it the West Bank. And there's going to be a slaughter, and the people are going to head back into Jerusalem. Scripture later tells us that all of, uh, I will save the tents of Judah first. So those people that had to flee and get out of there because of the great tribulation, the um, abomination of desolation, the ones that that do make it out, are going to be saved first, as far as the nation of Israel is. <laughs> so
4: last three and a half years? Yeah,
1: That'll be the very half. the very last of, uh, yes. Last of that's that's That marks the beginning of the final three and a half years. Oh, that, the final three and a half years. That marks the beginning when that abomination of desolation happens. That's the midpoint. That's it when things the, the really... In if
4: he's gonna do that, it? Say again? Where is the
1: Gentiles at then? Well, we're Could already the Jews? we're already in the planet right now. It is the time of the Gentiles.
4: Okay.
1: Scripture if, says. If um, half years part I'm
4: talking
1: about. Well, it'll still be. That's kind of the wrapping up of the time of the Gentiles, and at the very end, he's going to turn his face back to the Jewish people because but we're at not the, in that part. We're getting close though. So. It, um, eventually, Scripture says all of Israel shall be saved, but so many are going to be killed at the Battle of Armageddon. And that's going to be localized. Understand, the Battle of Armageddon, everybody thinks it's this enormous worldwide nuclear bombs going off everywhere. It's, it's crazy. It's localized to Jerusalem specifically. Um, the know, Valley of Jehoshaphat. What's then that? the
4: Jews are going to be gone then, right?
1: A lot of the Jews will be killed. But the ones that are left, Scripture says they'll all be saved. And how that, and scripturally, how that, how scripture paints that picture is one of the Jews that so we we come back with G, with God we come back with Jesus and we fight the battle of Armageddon probably won't take long we come back with him and we fight the battle of Armageddon saying, after the marriage moment supper moment. at the end of everything one of the one of the Isra- Israelis is going to look at God and go you are our messiah where did you get the the scars in your hands and scripture says he says um I got them in the house of my friends and they understand it. 2,000 years of blindness is going to peel off the Jews that are left.
4: I wondered how they get saved if they don't know Christ. And they're, they're going to
1: say you are Jesus. And it's all and Always. scripture does tell us that they're blinded. Blind. Scripture says blindness doth in part happen to the Jews until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Oh. Well, we're ending that Gentile age right now. We've had 2,000 so years of it.
4: If we're ending
1: it well i'm, I'm sure we all have family members that are lost mm-hmm. i do and so time isn't you know, we don't know but what time's going to be shorter mm-hmm. for us than t- time in this age um and and I, don't wanna, and I don't want to and i don't want to get ahead of the, the kingdom uh, the, you know the whole thousand year millennial reign how that happens but um so the jews that are left at the battle of When the battle of Armageddon is over, they will be saved. Scripture says, "All of Israel shall be saved." I wondered about that. Mm
4: -hmm. They didn't know how they would learn of Christ, but He opens their eyes. He opens. He unblinds them. And apparently,
2: do that to the Jews.
1: Well, he's that's 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 the ones that he blinded. That's his his
4: chosen people.
1: Well, that's he
4: saves them to open their eyes, right? Well,
1: a lot of the Gentiles that have their eyes closed, it's done by themselves. The Jews, the Jews
2: have the same issue.
1: Well, they have, they have an issue of blindness, but it says um, blindness doth in part. Uh, I think there's even a scripture that says that Jesus will blind them a little bit. Blindness doth in part happen to the Jews until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. So, to some extent, God's holding them off, it appears, in scripture. I could so be I wrong about that interpretation that. of that.
2: So the Jews that are killed at Armageddon, will some of those be saved and go to heaven?
1: The ones Is that he accept- saving the
2: ones that are going to heaven.
1: Let me I'll just tell you what scripture says it takes to be saved. And they would have in my in my opinion, I'm not the one that saves or puts anybody in damnation. I nobody here on earth does. Jesus told Nicodemus, "You must be born of the water and of the spirit." Remember, Nicodemus was a little confused because he goes, how do I go back in my mother's womb? I'm 60 years old. And he says, a Marvel, not that I said you must be born again, for you must be born of the water. He just simply, the first time told him, you must be born again. And it confused him. He goes, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. Well, a lot of times when scripture, when God really wants us to know something, he will confirm it later on and give us another angle of it. So Matthew Mark Luke and John are really the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. The New Testament, if you will, the legalistic speaking, legalistically speaking, the New Testament doesn't start until the book of Acts. Because in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Jesus is alive. Do you have a will?
2: As in a financial will? Oh,
1: uh, something yes. that takes place? Yes. When does that take effect? My die. Does it take effect 30 seconds before or you die? Kills
2: me. Yes. No. No? It's, it's, it's effective, but it takes effect. But I'm saying,
1: and legalistically speaking, that will does not take effect till my last breath. Until, your, until your last breath is done. So Jesus is hanging on the cross and the thief on the right looks at him and says... Kind of, uh, he asked for forgiveness. You know, he doesn't belong. He's tell, talking to the other thief. He doesn't belong here. And he says, You know, Lord, can you, how does he phrase that? Can you forgive me? You know, I, I, I've been a sinner.
3: Remember me this day in paradise. Remember
1: me this day. And Jesus says, You will be with me this day in paradise. So Jesus didn't lie. He told him, He'll see him, but he never was baptized. And we're going to go through the rest of it from the book of Acts. So how did he get to go into heaven but he wasn't baptized like Scripture says he has to be? Jesus wasn't dead. Legalistically speaking, the moment Jesus took his last breath and Scripture says he gave up the ghost, we start the New Testament, legalistically speaking. Now I know we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as what what man has put in the pages as the New Testament, and it is... But it's kind of that pathway into the New Testament. It's the life and teachings of Jesus Christ because Jesus is still alive. All right? So Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit or you can't even see the kingdom of heaven. The very first sermon preached in the New Testament church was in the book of Acts in the second chapter Jesus had been transformed, and he said, before he transformed, he said, go into Jerusalem, tarry there, till you be endued with power from on high. So they go to this upper room. And I believe Jesus, Scripture tells us, I think Jesus was on earth 40 days after he was transfigured. I mean, after he was in his immortal body. I think it was 40 days.
0: Yeah.
1: Seen by over 3,000 people, 500 at one time. So Jesus is transformed. He goes up into heaven. He ascends up into heaven. So they must have waited about 10 days because on the day of Pentecost, 50, on the day of Pentecost is when the Holy oh, Ghost Spirit. fell, the Holy Spirit fell. But right just minutes prior to that, he, he's Peter is speaking to, what was it, 3,000 people? And he's telling them what they've done and they felt, Scripture says, they felt pricked in their hearts and they, they realize they've killed their Messiah. So some of them got it right. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Oh my goodness, what what must we do to be saved? What shall we do to be saved?" And well, right really before evidently. Jesus was transfigured up into heaven, he goes, he hands Peter the keys to the kingdom. And Peter goes, "Oh yeah, the keys." He says, "And you'll see how it lines up with what was it in John that Jesus was talking to Nicodemus? Was it John?" I'm not quite sure. It's either Matthew or John
3: oh okay
1: the book yeah and so the the same plan of salvation that that jesus gave nicodemus now we're going to see it in acts again and in acts 2 peter says they said what must we do to be saved and he says repent every one of you be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remission of your sins and you shall be filled with the holy ghost So there's your salvation plan. So it's a long way around to answer the question, will any of the Jews in between be saved? We know that there have been some that have converted. Right. um, But they have to go through that salvation plan. When he opens
2: his eyes, then that will take place. So the baptism only became effective after he died.
1: Well, right, because before he died, they were doing some baptisms, but they were baptizing in the name of repentance.
4: And you have to be baptized
1: through Jesus. But you, but, and scripture says when Holy we are Jesus, baptized, we are baptized into his death. So, so we're, if you are baptized.
4: So, he took on our sins. Correct. That's what that means because he, he saved us it says, from our sins. It
1: says for the remission of sins. Right. Well, re, remission means to, you'll get a Take credit away. card bill every month that says, please remit by the 15th. Paid so, in full that means, by please send payment. He paid our sin bill when when we get baptized in Jesus' name. That pays our sin bill. And once we're filled with the Holy Ghost, it's sort of like, you know, the same God that gave, gives us the Holy Ghost is the same God that made our mortal body. And we have this blood, you know, uh, the blood that goes through our veins cleanses our bodies, takes out impurities. And of course, sometimes I eat too many Twinkies and it can't keep up, but but it takes the impure, our bloodstream is what cleanses Blood. us. Blood. And it's a continual cleanseth. It cleanseth us. Same thing once we are filled with the Holy Ghost. <coughs> he will continually cleanse us from our sins. Yes, we need to continue. We need to repent when we know we do something wrong. But when we're filled with His Spirit, it's a, it says it cleanseth us. It's a continual clean. Also
4: the sacrament, like when we take sacraments, it we repent. just another way to
2: cleanse ourselves. Of it, so. mm-hmm. Some churches give the sacrament to everybody, bread and water, wine and water, whatever. Mm-hmm. And some tell you not to do it if you don't have things right. Correct. But Scripture tells you Scripture that. Scripture says that. It, it says that, but I guess thinking as a sinner, you're never right. But if you well, know God, you know what you're And supposed that's not entirely
1: true. That's not because entirely I true. Because I don't even
2: know my own heart. But... That's
1: true. But in God's eyes, if you have done, if you are living up to Scripture, He sees you as perfect. Because when He he takes on our sin, He imputes His righteousness to us. He makes His white as snow or something like that. He doesn't see that. As long as we are filled with His Spirit, as long as we continue to do our best to do God's will. Now, if we ever step back and go, you know what, God, I got this. I can handle this. Now, scripturally, you've taken yourself out from underneath his wing and out from his salvation. So scripture will tell you that no man can take you out of his hand, but you can take yourself out of his hand.
4: He tells us what he wants. What do you think? Right, I agree.
1: I want to know more about this World War II thing.
5: I had, my husband was in World War Two, and I lost an uncle in World War One.
1: Okay. Were you stationed overseas?
5: No, no.
1: He was in the Navy.
5: He was in the Navy. No, you.
1: You were a nurse?
5: No, no, a teacher. A teacher. I was a teacher for 31 years, but good lands, I've been retired so many years, <laughs> and these young people come to me, and they, they know me, but you know, I've had so many, many students, and I've been retired for so many, many years because I'm gonna be 96 pretty soon. What? Isn't that crazy? I um, would never think that.
3: I, love, wouldn't I think love that, that generation. I oh, was yes.
5: thinking maybe she might be in her early 80s.
2: She's actually my younger sister. <laughs> oh, yes, uh-huh. <laughs> I, drink the wine. I
5: would never have thought and, but that. But, see, with being retired so long and having so many my different goodness. students, I primarily taught uh, second grade. But then I retired at the time this law was passed that I could not draw Social Security after my husband passed away if I was uh. Oh, Receiving my own pension, and so I retired then. But then I subbed for about two years—not <laughs> two years, ten years, I mean—and then I volunteered in Head Start and all of these other things. Were
1: you, you, you were a teacher during World War II? Were you, st- were you here? Well, I tell you what happened. In that time See, frame, did I you began go
5: teaching? It? The year I got out, right out of high school. What because year? Because that was when, uh. Uh, World War two was on and there Thank was a God. shortage of teachers so I what, graduated what
1: year would this have been she told about uh, 45
5: 45, 45 so okay yeah yep. so then over. I stopped teaching in Ju- in May and I started mm-hmm. I mean I got my uh, education my uh, certificate uh, graduated from so. uh, high school in mm-hmm. June in and online. I started teaching in September yeah. But then I went to summer school for, golly, long, long time. And I did a lot of extension courses. And I would have my master's degree, but I was too silly. I didn't want to have to take that thesis. So I had enough you think hours, but was I, teaching I have a bachelor's, but I don't degree. have my
2: master's. Yeah. Where, you know, if you said you had a high school wow. diploma today and start teaching high school, that, that would awesome. have yeah. Awesome. yeah.
5: But I'm so embarrassed when... So many of people who I had as students come to me and their faces look familiar, but you know, they've changed and well, I was I've old then and I'm old now. <laughs> <laughs> I just had one from Highland
1: pass awesome. five that's months that's ago. A
5: Hollywood. Thing to Hollywood, my last name to to is miles, yeah. Evan miles she's oh, 48, yeah. that's awesome Lithuania. Oh, wow. and it's been long, long years, but I've been very, very fortunate. My husband is gone six years now.
1: I love wow. that generation.
2: Yeah. Our dads were of that.
1: That's a remarkable. Well, my dad my was dad Vietnam. went
2: into the Army at Ooh. the end of World War II.
1: He didn't have to go, but he was in the National Guard, but he was in that time frame. But that World War, my grandpa was in World War II. In World
2: War You were a young fellow.
1: He was a radioman down in South Africa.
2: No, I what year did I, you graduate high
1: school? Eighty seven. Holy my it's son graduated
2: in eighty nine. Okay. Could have been
1: my son. He <laughs> yeah. would have disowned me. I would that. have been an orphan. That's funny.
3: No, I I, I do have a question. I know yeah. you were I know you were going somewhere with, with everything and I'm, I'm thinking that you're kinda wound it up, but uh somebody I was with today I didn't want to say any names, but you're not on anymore anyway, are
1: you? Just audio.
3: Okay. Um, she, she was talking about the food plants being burned mm-hmm. and then of course these chickens supposed to have had this this virus of in bed so well, we were saying how convenient could that be of
4: all this happening There was a mysterious fire
1: family. in a chicken plant 22
4: of 22 that had a hundred
1: thousand chickens in it
4: really 22 of the last year in the last. We're burnt, calls, so burnt like down to the ground. Two of them got hit by airplanes. Let's see, doesn't Matthew say 24
1: say chickens, something about famine? They're not laying eggs. Famines,
4: is that absolutely. just a coincidence? I mean,
2: it's black and white. It,
4: well, so
1: the pestilence was forced on us.
4: Famines it's is COVID. My, my thought.
1: The famine's going to be food. forced on us.
4: They've already said exactly. there's a food shortage and it yeah. hasn't yeah. started yet. Yeah. And really? they don't want to
1: lie, so they're going
4: to make one. They're making it happen, yeah. so they're telling it. Yeah. They say when Satan wants to do something, he tells ago, us ahead of time. That that's what well, he needs to do. Biden is tells smart. Over,
1: Biden is a smart man happened. because yeah. Yeah. there's this big weather balloon now over the United States from China, but China assured Biden. Um, they, they, they held two fingers up and they said, We swear that that's a weather balloon. Yeah. And so, you know, I Why believe. I believe.
4: Yeah, right, Trump would have shot that it, thing down. It back.
1: would have never so, made uh, it over the coast.
4: Oh my God! How
2: did that thing get all the way into America?
4: Because they read all of Biden's paperwork Biden like and knew
2: when it was Biden all that stuff was going of on. Me. Of course, yeah. Now we have. I, 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 I'm, have I'm standing by their, my rope on the. They need to be. Uh, they owe
1: them. They I'm thing. right with you. China. Oh yeah. That is well, the punishment. I got to get your email number so I can. That's the punishment for treason
2: let me uh and you, you've seen me put treason on there several times yeah, why we quit doing the traders
1: what needed to be done that'll thank get you good. to my website that qr code. Oh, can i have one
4: of those so mm-hmm.
3: and then i have another question so is this your podcast? obviously we, we know where my, we're my videos
1: and my podcast are all on my website okay thank you once they hit youtube so they automatically
5: i want to know i I see son? your programs on uh, youtube Mm-hmm. What was that one called uh, that we watched tonight? That what do gay. I look for? About the seven that the he trumpets. said. Five, the ten, seven but what's the what what can't I because I, for that. Tomorrow.
2: Tomorrow. I, I night love night. that little town of hey, hey, so you know She, she wants to know
1: what to look we for and get on YouTube to get to your podcast. Prophecy Views. that got her name? That name that's on that card, Prophecy Views.
5: Oh, she was named be. Elsa okay. before we got her. Oh, okay. And I can get that anytime as long as I go to this nice on here. my
4: YouTube. And
2: how often do you yeah. do this? It is. If well, I got that, get right, you right, know two what? Two tonight? So,
4: so next week there'll be another yeah.
2: one? It's yeah, right there and it week goes week. up mm-hmm. underneath the couch. Yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention, right? Uh-huh. Well, talking, <laughs> so obviously we know what their little deal with the burning of the chicken and the virus, all this stuff. It's heading toward famine forced famine but also um oh I think I already said taking the troops out of out of Iraq kind of I don't know kind of makes me think that either that was the hand of God or because
1: let me let me answer the other half of that question if you will before Okay. I there 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 just is no doubt in my mind if you know what this if you look and you're a teacher if you look at what the odds of this country breaking off of England and successfully doing it? The the smallest ragtag army on the face of the earth went against the biggest military might on the face of the earth and won? It doesn't make any sense. Look at the individual battles of the the Revolutionary War. There's no way we should have survived that. We did. Um, We get into the Civil War, and that helped shape this country and and God correcting this country. Having said that, yes, I believe God is doing a few things to favor this nation. But at the same time, they're going to love this one. Are
2: confederates traitors or heroes? he says.
1: This nation has a judgment coming Mm -hmm. to it. You don't kill you don't kill 75 million babies mm-hmm. and not get God's attention. And mm-hmm. get free. Mm-hmm. You don't light up the Capitol building and the White House in transgender mm-hmm. or LGBTQ colors. colors and celebrate homosexuality and mm-hmm. gay marriage mm-hmm. and not get the attention of God. I mm-hmm.
4: agree.
1: But having said that, when the Israelis went into um who was the king? What was his name? Zedekiah. Was it Zedekiah? And they killed his kids and then plucked his eyes out. Oh, I'm sorry. Was it wasn't his name Zedekiah, the king of I can't the king at the time.
3: Might have been, the
1: second time they went into slavery. Um, which was the prophet that told him we Zachari- Who was it that told him we're getting ready going to go into slavery? If you resist,
4: oh, was that it's going to be bad for you? Was
1: that Ezekiel? I I simply can't remember. But if you go along and, and go them, with and it, them. God will bless you. Mm-hmm. Well, Daniel, the three Hebrew children, um, the ones that did what God said and peaceably went, even in their captivity, God he blessed saved them. them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even though God, God is a just God, God. Is, everybody thinks God is the God of mercy and love and kumbaya Mm -hmm. and oh it's like it's like the Oprah show oh you get a car and you get a car and you get a car let me tell you what that same God that has a lot of mercy is the same one that shut the door of the ark and let one year one day old babies drown one week old baby you know there were babies of all ages and God shut that door and sealed it he is a just God the same God that when he was in the flesh walked in the temple and cleaned the place out with a cat of nine tails and turned over the tables. Mm-hmm. So he's a just God.
4: Mm-hmm. There, are,
1: there, are, the there are aspects of this nation that has a judgment coming to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The best thing we can do as individuals and as the church is to just draw close and he will bless us.
5: Now, I have a silly question to ask you and it's very immature. And, uh, you're so much more informed and in all of this know, right? than I am, mm-hmm. I don't... but uh, the uh, uh, criminal who was sitting next to, who was uh, be, going to be crucified next to Jesus, uh, he said uh, he was a sinner and he had not been baptized. Well, then how did he, then Jesus said he would enter the, he would sit on his.
1: And the answer to that is because legalistically speaking at that moment in time we were still in the old testament yeah the new test the new will of god does not take effect your will and your will and testament does not take effect until you die
5: so then was he baptized by water in the spirit after he was
1: he wouldn't have needed to be
5: that was he after was he was dying.
1: forgiven in the old testament version oh, okay. because he confessed okay. to the high priest. priest Jesus you can't get any higher priest
4: and he okay. confessed and and died. that's when Jesus said he could be in heaven with him but as soon as Jesus died the rules changed and then you needed to be baptized yeah. in the spirit in the water okay that, so that is, put is put a good question well, I where thought of that. comma because no, but I've Jesus said today you will be yeah, with me in heaven Okay, that's he a straight that, that
2: would be you just that it would be, if I didn't hear
4: what he said yeah. he, at that moment. You miss it, but, but he then said if that and that's, that's a good, good question. Today, so, yeah, so he comma, went,
2: you will be with me in heaven. That would be announcing that at some point voices would so did he go to heaven right away with Jesus? Okay,
1: so
3: and be baptized and get the When because Jesus hadn't died.
5: Oh, so I, I understand, understand that not, um, because oh, they were getting know, ready to that, enter into what they call a high a day a high
1: understanding um, that
4: works yeah
1: A high Sabbath. The week of the Passover there's two Sabbaths. a high Sabbath that's how so uh, m- most Thank every church has good Lord Friday. That, that. Friday has nothing to do with it. Oh,
5: well, I the Sabbath
1: it, is now, on Saturday now, so. back it up three and a half days Jesus was crucified on a Wednesday. So, because he spent three days in the grave. The reason that, so the Romans are the ones that actually put him to death, but at the behest of the Jews. At the end of that day, Jesus had been through so much. All three of them on the cross had been through so much. Jesus, scripturally speaking, in the Old Testament, when the Jewish people would bring a lamb to sacrifice in the Old Testament. It had to be without spot or blemish. Okay. You can't have brought one that had a broken leg or broken whatever and bring Not that into sacrifice. It had to be without blemish. One of the best. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He had to be without spot or blemish. He could not have a broken bone. I think scripture said he would not have he a broken bone. would not have a broken bone. Mm-hmm. So the Roman soldiers not, that knowing... Not, that was not traditional for a Roman crucifixion. Right. Their legs got broken. Mm-hmm. Correct. When, because this was a high Sabbath, they had to finish that early. And a lot of the times these people That's hanging on the cross would be kind of on the brink of death and just hanging there and barely hanging on. And the Roman soldiers would take that big heavy spear... And they would crack culture. the leg. And oh, a lot yeah. of times that would send that person over the brink and they would die, go ahead and die. When they came to Jesus first, when they came to Jesus, he was dead. And just to make sure they pierced him, which is scripture, mm-hmm. they said they would. Scripture said he that he would be he pierced. Blood and water came out. They didn't need to break his leg. They couldn't break his legs. Scripture said they can't. So they didn't. Well, they didn't that know way. that, but... It fulfills scripture. So Jesus Christ was the perfect lamb of God that takes away the sin of world. He had no broken bones. The other two on either side, he died first. He died early. So now this guy that had just confessed, he's good to go, you will be with me today in paradise, breaks his leg, he now goes over the top and he dies. So Jesus did end up dying first, but at the moment they were talking, they were both alive. The second that Jesus' scripture says he gave up the ghost. As soon as Jesus gave up the ghost, New Testament. But that guy was already forgiven. And as Jewish people, all of this sacrificing they did, they were paying their sins forward one year. And one year for for what?
2: So if that guy would have died before Jesus, then he wouldn't have made it to heaven because he wouldn't have been baptized.
1: Well, no. Because he... Asked for forgiveness before you entered the New Testament. He was clean. He confessed. Okay. He didn't really live anymore. He, What was he going to go do, rob a bank? He's hanging on a cross.
2: In the old days, I used to try to come up with gotcha questions. But the preacher, that's my good friend in Waterloo, there are no gotcha questions. There are just questions.
1: Well, the, the, the problem is that's created some confusion in churches, and they go, well... I also see in Romans it says, all you have to do is believe and you're saved. So just believe, just, just believe, or pray the, pray the sinner's prayer, prayer repentance. That's not scripture. In the book of Romans, when he's talking about all you have to do is believe and you'll be saved, he's already talking to a church that's already been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. So just continue believing in Jesus and do what he is guiding you to do in your life and keep yourself under the salvation, keep yourself full of the Holy Spirit, you'll be saved. But in order to get to salvation, it's exactly what he told, unless he was lying to Nicodemus, and I highly doubt that, the same thing he told Nicodemus is the same thing Peter told to the the crowd of 3,000. You must be born of the water and the Spirit, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Of course, repent first. So this guy was repented And because of that repentance to the high priest, at that moment he was forgiven. It wasn't long after that, just a few hours probably, he died. So he didn't have time to go out and sin. He had paid his sin. The Old Testament, all of these sacrifices, year after year after year, day after day after day, they were paying their sins forward a year until it got to the cross. So they were pushing, rolling their sins forward a year to the cross. But we're in the New Testament we go through the plan of salvation, we put our sins back on the cross. Depends on when he died. But the legal legal question to the thief on the cross was, he asked for forgiveness under the Old Testament, because it was still the Old Testament. And then Jesus died shortly after that. So he didn't fall under baptism. But the thing that that kills me is, is these churches that, and I mentioned this on your Facebook the other day, these churches that bring people to the five-yard line and say, you're saved, uh, just just pray the sinner's prayer, or we'll come by with a squirt bottle. We'll come by with a squirt bottle. And... I was wondering
2: how, because you put six yards on my...
1: It, I'm on my phone. It's a little bitty. You
2: no, know, and I was thinking he meant five and he hit I did.
1: six. I did. I meant
2: five. Because yeah. I was thinking that got my attention. <laughs>
1: Scripture says, and I believe it's in Matthew, and I want to say in 14. I have it in some notes in my in a folder that I keep on my phone. Jesus was talking about these scribes and these Pharisees that were telling people part of the plan of of how to be saved in the Old Testament. He was telling them, if you... Tell somebody the wrong plan for salvation, and you get them to buy into that, and they believe in that, and it's not correct. You have made them. Scripture says you've made them twice the child for hell than if you had left them alone. And and basically, what it's what it's saying is, do it right. If you know nothing about the Bible or Scripture or anything, you're. And I'm trying to win you over to a, a plus one and you're at zero, you know nothing. All I gotta do is get you to plus one. I'm. My job is easier than if somebody has come along and got you to believe in and buy in and you're wholeheartedly in to something false. You're at a negative one. So now I have to win you from negative one all the way over to one.
2: So are you saying the double wrath thing then goes for the guy that taught you wrong or the guy that learned it wrong? I wouldn't want to be the guy that
1: the preacher that, that was that teaching people That's wrong.
2: Because I yeah. was thinking you meant the guy that learned it wrong, and I'm going. No, I am. But how the, do you know for sure? Because the greatest. Because scripture mind says, "Seek
1: your own salvation." Okay.
2: You've got a job too. But I'm just saying yeah, that they're, they're just
1: making that job harder for and you. And and I'll and I'll back that up with another scripture, still in Matthew seven. And it's about verse 13, 14, 15. It's right in, it's those, and it starts off, um, Enter ye into the straight gate, for broad is the way, and wide is the gate that leads to destruction. But narrow is the way, straight is the way, and narrow is the gate that leads to salvation, and few there be that find it. Very next, The very next thing he says is, Beware of false prophets. There are, he's talking about people that call themselves Christians. The majority of them are going to be lost. How do you
2: ever know who the real deal is? Because over the years, people haven't agreed that are the smartest minds on the planet. Here's what I would... I'll give you a perfect example. you got a pre, a post, and a mid-trib. Our preacher said he's a pan. What does that mean? It'll pan out. <laughs> so he doesn't even take a stand.
1: Well, he's actually... I, I would... I would agree with him more than I would agree with somebody teaching a pre-trib rapture. Because now, if somebody that believes in pre-trib, which is the most predominant one out there. Mm-hmm. And you're wrong. And that didn't even start, that that belief didn't even take root and take start until late 1800s, early 1900s. Right? No. What caused that? There was a book put out by a guy named Clarence Larkin called Dispensational Truth, and it caught on like wildfire. And what had happened is some gal, I want to say in Russia, had a, Dream, and she thought it was God. She probably had pizza too late the night before. <laughs> Billy ate and said, "Well, the rapture is going to happen. God told me this, and the rapture is going to happen pre-trib." So now people start twisting the scripture and putting square pegs in round holes to get there. Okay.
2: And see, the reason I ask because you got some, you got some big name people like David Jeremiah, Robert Jeffers. I mean, that, oh, that I, did the preaching thing for Trump. I mean, so I i be I'll be real frank with you. I I guess I don't care what it is. Well because and, I'm gonna be here anyway. And and what and it is, it is. And what
1: you're saying, like like you just said about this other preacher that you talked about that said, I'm a I'm a pan, I would agree with him more than a lot of these others because at least you're open to the possibility that we're gonna be here. If you're open to that possibility, you're you know gonna understand way. the urgency of the time. And you're not going to be gearing up to be taken out. Well, I don't need to worry about it because I'm not going to be here. Yeah. Well, that may not be the case. And my what I will teach you, it is not the case. There's too much scripture otherwise. So we're going to be here. Let's gear up for it. Let's gear up be for ready. battle. He
4: tells and you're ready.
1: the type of person that would gear up for that.
3: So my question would be, wouldn't it be more important to know how to be ready and to be saved more than when he's coming. Because and that's what we talked about the other night. It may just like bang, 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 yep. right all at the same well, time.
1: Well, if you die in a car wreck on the way home, you just became pre-trib anyways. What difference does it make? So the main thing is, and I won't teach a prophecy series without teaching salvation. Because what does it matter? If you're not saved, or if you think, well, I'm going to wait until the last minute. Some people actually think that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait until I know it's right at the last time. I'm going to...
4: Then I'll be I'm threatened. gonna go get them and I'm gonna be party obedient. hard
1: but I'll come in sliding into home base well you may get killed in a car wreck you may die of a, a Pokemon in your arm
4: <laughs> god knows you were thinking though that you're saving yourself to that minute an he knows as you as already you know the answer. yeah right right and and you may the
2: have the
1: a goes. you may have a you may have a balloon from China following you
2: you know what you know what's gonna happen I had an idea today God talked to uh-huh. we did. this is just me talking to myself. I I do want to answer the uh,
1: E equals MC squared thing. uh, Go ahead.
2: I got a thought on that one too. Um, Einstein was put here because God wanted him to reveal something at that time which we're still trying to understand. Mm -hmm. It had to be God because there was nothing that he could experiment with to prove that's true. My thought of the E equals MC squared as the time space is if you're standing out there and it's raining on you, you get X number of drops on you. Getting that cargo 50 miles an hour, now you got exponential on number of drops on you. Because you're going so, into it. So mm-hmm. we're moving, so we are actually speeding up time. That's just, that's my thought.
1: Let okay. me tell you my, oh, go ahead. You were going to say something else before yeah, that. Yeah, I
2: forgot, though. I'm old. Work with me. Oh, yeah, you're old. At seven. Um,
1: here's the best way that I will put, here's the best way that, from my understanding, how to explain the, the, Theory of Relativity, how you can speed up time and still do the four-minute mile. If I, and I'm not, a, I'm not a sports guy, so don't think I'm actually going to do this, but if you and I were to go outside and play catch, and I threw a ball at you 60 miles an hour, somebody was standing back there clocking it, 60 miles an hour. That ball's going 60 miles an hour. He's, it's, it's coming to him at 60 miles an hour. Now, take that pitcher and catcher and put them on a flatbed truck that's going 60 miles an hour. The guy with the radar gun, put him in the ditch. So here we come down the road, and about the time we get within range of that guy with the radar gun, I throw the ball to you. How fat? That ball's now going to him, that ball's going 120.
2: Now, is it going zero if you're going, if he's in the back position, I switch positions?
1: Me and you are time that we have here on Earth. Me and you playing catch. That resembles time running a four-minute mile, whatever. Now, I'm going to speed up all of time. I'm going to speed up time, okay?
3: The flatbed truck is time, and you guys are on it.
1: So, don't... I'm not going to throw you a 70 mile an hour fastball. I'm going to speed up the truck. So now the truck is going 80. And I throw that same 60 mile an hour fastball to you. The guy in the ditch is clocking it at 140. The truck sped up. Our ball throwing did not. You didn't notice anything. You didn't notice it.
2: Just tonight at the restaurant, the lady said, "Everybody's moving faster, seemingly tonight." I get that I think a lot. What she realizes is that everybody's moving faster <laughs> all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are. Ex- we've cursed ourselves. I love having you here.
5: I enjoy being here. Well,
1: I'm gonna. I love your generation. I have so much respect for your generation. You have seen so much change.
5: Oh, have I?
1: You and I have seen the birth of the fax machine. (laughs) What? Probably not for the better. And then from there on on in technology. From there on in technology. So I remember, and this was in the 80s, I would say, when they started becoming more common. I can now send a letter from New York to California like that because I can fax it until now and so did the, and they said well that's gonna that's gonna make everybody's life easier and then the 90s came along computers came in this is going to make everybody's life easier 2000s come in everybody easier. gets cell phones and in 2010 everybody gets smartphones we're going to make your life easier all we have done is said i'm going to demand more of you in a day's time mm-hmm.
5: And that is my whole problem now. It's very difficult for me because this new technology is almost more than I can understand. And, and well, I do there. have the internet and I try to keep my mind active, but this new technology is but, almost more than I can handle.
1: But now, is it, yes, is it, it is a is blessing hard. or is it a curse? This
5: is, I would say it's a curse.
1: I would say it's both. It could be both. Yeah, it's
5: a
2: combination. Because each time we get
1: a new piece of technology, it does make our
2: life better. And for for a a short period of time it didn't up that bucket keeping it filled. Yes. We've never we've never advanced and said that's good.
1: So if you look at it on a spiritual level, spirits being good spirits, bad spirits, now we are distracted from things that are important.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It sucks. I'm at my kids'
1: game. But I'm doing this the whole time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've lost sight of what's important. Mm -hmm. Is that a good spirit or a bad spirit? And
5: that's the whole problem now with the whole younger generation. How many of them are going to church services
2: anymore?
1: Mm -hmm. Did I put this on your timeline?
2: That was part of the COVID.
1: Oh yeah, one hundred percent.
2: It's definitely right? against church. Oh yeah. The, yes. the oh, people right. that I see because we were yeah. bad.
1: The yeah. number of yeah. people online yeah. that say, I I want things to change, they everything's getting out of hand. I want things to go back to the way they were. We gotta get back to the the right type of you know, we gotta get back to godly things or whatever. If the amount of people that I saw online that said we need to get back to God, if they were serious about it. When I left here on Sunday morning to go to church, I'd be fighting traffic to get there. Mm-hmm. Roads are wide open. Ain't nobody paying attention to what they're saying. You you're saying to to it, but you're church. not doing it.
2: Mm-hmm. That's and right. 32% of the people surveyed have not returned to church. Our That's church right. Our church is one of them. And when
5: I go to my church, church services, which no, I do no, regularly. No, regularly, you don't see a lot of people. I don't know a lot of the people
2: because it's a grandparents that are there. But we... We have no middle. Because Tim's
1: money. They have Tim's money.
2: The other day I went, I'm 70 years old and I was with the youngest mowers. Yeah. I may have been the youngest one. Some are 80 because we have no middle group. And the middle group of a few that we have don't do anything. It's pretty sad. And we have no young ones at all.
1: That's a dead church.
2: It's dead. It's five years old. They just
1: haven't put the dirt on it yet.
2: Yeah. You know, I suggested that someday they change that over and uh, the the preacher that helped build that church been there for a long time, still goes in, and the preacher before him that originally planted the Presbyterian church, and I said, I said you need to be, because I asked the preacher who's 47 years old, I asked him the other day, and they never get back to me on stuff because they don't want them to commit. You know, they don't have it. They have no scars and no blood. They don't want to debate You know, they're dropping bombs in the ocean. And I asked scripture. him. I said, "Can you do a search?" I said, "What are you going to do with what are you going to do with the church in five years from now?" Because it will be dead. What do you say? I went the other day. And what do you say? Were, huh? what do you Uh What he Never answered. <laughs> and the other day, when I was at church, I looked and there there were six wheelchairs or buggies that people riding. Look up.
1: Quote this scripture. Lord. I think it's Revelation twenty. Come out of her, my people. Yeah,
2: it's old. It really is. Yeah. We have more it's widows than now. There. It's sad
1: It's sad. And I'm. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the church that has just older people. That in itself is not bad. It's, what is it the church is doing or not doing? It's is not doing. Okay. It's what they're not doing. Okay.
5: They're not
1: attracting. So churches that, if, if, if you even feel like your church is in that, when I talked in Matthew 7, 13, 14, 15 about <clears throat> the majority of people that consider themselves Christians are lost. They are not going to make heaven. That's Scripture. That's Matthew 7, 13, 14, 15. Enter ye into the straight gate. Beware of false prophets. What is Scripture then stated Is it Revelation 20? It's, it's 18. But 18. It's, I couldn't remember verse, if it's 18 or 20. Four, but. Well, I don't need it. I just wanted to tell him where it was to oh. find it. Revelation 18. That guy's good. He is. That's my right hand right there. I'm
2: bad for a young fellow.
1: Revelation 18 tells you what to do with a church that isn't doing right. It says, come out of her, my people. It doesn't say attend more board meetings or, or right. go to your pastor's house. And no, I'm, not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with putting up suggestions, but if a church isn't going to go We're with sending. a book of Acts type church, what they if, if you want to know what your church ought to be doing, go to the book of Acts. That was the very first account of the New Testament church and how to have a church.
2: Our church is the perfect example of you went to church. In about 1830. We have everything but a pulpit thumper. Um, and I wish we had a little bit of that because I don't, you know, there's some. There's nothing some wrong of, with that sometimes. Some of our preachers, I swear, you know, they. Uh, well, Re- they're about Re- as,
1: Revelation 18 says, Come out of her, my people, lest you be partakers of, of her sins and receivers of her plagues. And well, I don't want to be and that they're guy. They're good
2: people. They're great people. I love our preacher people. But man, there's one guy. The other day I went to a. Um, I went to a prayer meeting on a Wednesday night, and it was just a straight prayer meeting. And they had us close our eyes. I swear to God, for about an hour and a half. You know how hard that was for an ADHD kid.
3: I can't tell you, you can't how many times
2: I about fell off yeah, the you chair. Your eyes for
3: how
2: long? All, about an hour and a half. He can't do it. Oh. For what? Oh. He can't do it five minutes. Prayer. Prayer oh. meeting. It was all prayers. Like, oh my. And what happened then is People the just preachers just kept banging back and forth on each other. And the other ones that throw a bit of something in that was just kind of, I think they just wanted to talk. And I never said a word, and I'm not speechless ever.
1: No. But
2: just get me out of here.
1: Terry, did you have anything? And then the one before that. I feel like there's something I didn't answer. The
2: week before that, there was a guy that was leading it. If he talked any slower, he was well beyond a a 45 on a 33. It was more like a 10. (laughs) Well, I tell you what. Oh, my God. Here's a list of
3: some powerful. Preachers right down the line on YouTube. But I'll tell you what if you ever want to have some at home powerful preaching, an apostolic church is where you need to be. And our pastor. And there's the, several ministers that have come through.
2: Those are
1: the guys that hoop right, and holler and do all right that. Right on
3: yep. the money. Let me tell I you. I tried to go there. They're alive, powerful. You know why? Because it's, it's the power of the Holy Ghost.
1: Let me tell you what. If I can stand in a bar and spend $2,500 a month and worship, in the end result is I'm worshiping Satan. I'm doing what I shouldn't be doing. When God saves me, I can spend that much energy or more praising him for he what he's done. Apostolic? Yes. 100%.
2: Because I started going to church. They just started an epistolic about a year ago in water. Yep, yep. The truth church.
0: Yep.
3: Yeah. Yep. Church.
2: I got to tell you, I, you know Matt Caraway yeah. and his Matt wife? Matt Carraway, yeah. Great guy. I love him. But I got to tell you, there's one guy that goes there that I don't go there anymore because of him.
1: Well, now, if there's a hypocrite between what you and God. No, no, what's
2: it's his, not. It's not. What's his name? Um, Al something. I don't know his last name and if if you knew him like i'm talking about you'd understand where i'm coming from and he just don't get it and, and you, he in fact you he made away. Me, yeah he made me so mad one time that i told him i said oh if you don't shut the hell up, i'm gonna punch you right in the face <laughs> of course i'm a pretty mellow kind of guy that, anyway did you know? get that? and i quit i didn't go <laughs> and i wrote
1: man no, I, I, I wrote a note to the what, what what's he what does he do nothing no, I mean, what, what does this guy do that you're talking about?
2: He just, he's he agitates me at such a level. He knows everything about everything. And I, you'd, you'd have to know him. And he's a beggar. If,
4: do this for me, do he, that for
2: me. He's a user and stuff. And is he
4: a part of the church or just a visitor? No, he's,
2: he's part, part of the church. You can't be there without him. Well, see, the 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 unfortunate part of <laughs> any church, you're going to have hypocrites. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know but God put those people in front of me. So I would. To I would that, at you to see what you it's, do. It's a test, but I would hope. I would hope that you. Should I throw it in? You can in? look past
1: <laughs> what I said earlier today.
2: I, I would hope that you could look past there's that a, person and see all the other people that are there.'s another apostolic church yeah. in dupo.
1: It's a God test, and I
2: really like those people. The
1: Tim, place. Yeah. if you want God to have mercy on you, mm. what must you do for Him to have mercy on you? Not punch out, <laughs> yeah. which is a version of if. If you show mercy, he'll show mercy. If you
4: don't show mercy, he goes on, there's more. <laughs> yeah, there's more. <laughs> That's not the end no, of it. No. No. I was, I tried there's to consequences. Nice. I wish you could come and visit our church. And
3: <laughs> you and visit our church and Do you know Greg Lockheed, where we're at? <laughs> the preacher Greg Lucky. Because I tell you what, I know
4: that you will He's from Tennessee. Here, He's, because
2: when I first start going apostolic, Pardon? I like, What area of Tennessee? It's interesting.
4: He does it over the tent, But then it, the it was so real. And he's gotten it was a lot so of,
2: real. Uh, and I got publicity. to know him, the people. I know one time Hate. I was at one of the meetings in He
4: preaches a word and being. And, you know, and
2: everybody was. Just preach what's well, real. the praises right. oh the talking There was never a sermon.
4: He's oh, Sometimes it happened. It, it was a talking about it. I loved it. It, was a yeah. it took, it
2: took about, me yeah. a couple months a to kind ball, of so fit in. The I'm you old style, preacher, lay back, sit back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Early, when they pray, you trying. listen to them. Awesome. Was, I, I and there were these three girls in this one group.
4: You make God happy. Uh, they're they're yep. sisters. I didn't want
1: to lose it. Our pastor's big
2: on. <laughs> I got to tell you, these, <laughs> when interrupt. I saw these kids, they were unbelievable. I mean, it's like was, if God wants
1: to take over, uh, I'm going to let them take yeah. over. It's not like, oh, God's going to let them over. Like, like real. Yeah. They're all talking. He'll, and he'll he'll we are going to go ahead and end, end this and live session. And we will see you all next week when we have our lesson 13. We will see you next week. Thank you.